need, I need that sports, sports encyclopedia. We West, do you can? Got Trent in the cut. Yeah. The coach what up, what up, what up, man? The real coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? Run like something to prove it. Came to conclusion that it's crazy. Man, I'm ready to go. Smitty and JB. JB and Smitty from West Coast to your side. Worldwide, we in your city. Keep it 150. We never change what's happening. Hurdle Lincoln. In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson here. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Ooh, I love this fucking show so much, dude. Are you mixing light and dark at 11 a.m.? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown, kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we kill the ass around. We want the game to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf. You name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Price Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace. What up, what up, what up, what up? 
It's the real coach AB here getting ready to go fired up Friday, free game Friday. Jeff Nadu joins us for some free game Friday. Big Matt right out the gate this morning. And it wouldn't be the Coach AB show without my main man, Big Smitty. Yeah, it's Friday, baby. We made it through the week. I'm feeling crazy. Live for the days on the chest. Me and Jimmy got all black on. So you know what that? Yeah, there you go, JB. Put them on. Your shit is so unfocused. <laughs> Who shit ain't focused? My shit look good. Uh, your shit is look bad. Now it's focusing up. <laughs> Come on now. Hey, that's, hey, that's your camera. You gave me the camera. So if it's something going wrong, it's on you. Yeah, play, that looks fire. See, look at it. Uh, I ain't do nothing to it. I ain't do Brandon nothing to Wiley it. Brandon in the house. Hey, that's right, Brandon. I just got off the forward pack. Literally. Two minutes ago, just got off the phone, Pat. He out there. He with Brian Erlacher right now. They had a pro am this uh, last few days in Chicago. Live golf is back. Uh, my boy Pat, the four aces are back today. So um, let's get it going. Let's get it going. It's free game Friday. It's fired up Friday, Big Smitty. I'm fired up. We got a lot going on. Uh, but let's address the elephant in the room. Um, prize picks. I see a lot of cats saying price picks was good to me. I saw some cats. Price picks fucked me. Hey, look, it's betting. I've won the last three times on price picks. I think price picks is pretty fire, man. To be honest with you, you can pick pick your over or under what you pick, what guys you pick. You know, Bryce Young, uh, over 250. I mean, not Bryce Young, he's not starting no more. <laughs> um, but like you can pick your quarterback and bam. You just go straight through there, and you can pick your running back, pick your receivers. Did they get more than 50 yards, under 50 yards? Hey, it is what it is, dog. I got the slapstick hoodie short sleeve on today with the quote on the back, Jake Harmon. You can get these on CoachJBStore.com. I like that one. I like that one right there, the short sleeve. I can wear that in the weight room, getting to it. I got a lot, I got a lot of short sleeve uh, hoodies. You can send me one at your large. They got the graphic on the back. I can't believe you extra large, though. <laughs> that shit crazy to me. That's small or uh, big? That shit crazy to me. I don't get it. Is that, is that, you got like Kyler Murray in you? <laughs> Look, JB didn't believe when we got the new shirts made for our show and he asked me for my size like months ago, I told him XL. He was like, man, hell no, you were 3XL at least. Ain't no way you were. He was so shocked that a guy that's big like me was so lean. That an XL fits me so like the shirt the shirt I got on now is XL damn near baggy <laughs> damn near got put a large on because like I'm two sixty but I'm solid I'm so solid and 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 ink 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 that the XL fit perfectly so I don't know man it's what it is man Ethan it's quarter to daytime Ethan on the one twos on the mic on the one twos in the back uh, Ethan is Friday. Uh, we got quote of the day, man. Let's get you quote of the day. Brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Um, man, my bad. Uh, quote of the day. Let's get it cracking. Every accomplishment, Big Smitty, starts with the decision to try. There you go. <laughs> Every there accomplishment you go. starts with the decision to try. A lot of people don't understand it. Um, got to fucking start up somewhere. Try the shit first. Contrary to belief, brought to you by prizepicks.com. Check it out. Go to prizepicks today and get you 50% off. Plus, use my promo code. Get you on. It's college football weekend, NFL, big slate. Contrary to belief, um, waking up 
and making it happen, Big Smitty, is what defines success, contrary to belief, not lying in bed thinking about it. <laughs> mm. uh, poll question, Big Smitty. Will the Panthers be better with Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle? Will Andy Dalton make the Panthers better? Um, let's dive into it, Big Smitty, because I got a lot of my, I got a lot to say about it. Yeah, man. Let let, let me go first because I saw your Twitter. First of all, your Twitter been popping this whole week, man. You got uh, tweets with four or five million. You got hey. a tweet with a half a million that's growing. You got to release my shit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I love it though, especially for you know for you and for our show. But man, it's a good question, man, and uh, it, it's crazy because obviously you guys saw that Bryce Young is not expected to play, you know, uh, this Sunday. He's been getting harassed, to, in my opinion, these first few weeks because his O line is. I is, think somebody is, on this show said that would happen this year. I forgot. It's below mid. Uh, JB did say that, and it sounds like they're potentially potentially trying to protect him. I don't think he has like anything serious or anything like that as far as injury wise. He's probably just a little banged up from getting hit so much. And we got to, we all know Bryce Young, the one thing that everyone was nervous about when it comes to him was his size. I haven't seen him in person, but everyone I've spoken with who's seen him in person, they say he's tiny. Like he's really small. He's skinny. So he's from here. He's from Pasadena. He's yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and him taking all that punishment and those hits is not going to be, it's not going to be good for your body long term. So, Man, it's, it's tough, man. I'm still going to say that, in my honest opinion, the best experience for a quarterback is being on that field. I do think there there are benefits of sitting, you know, being on the bench and sitting behind a veteran. I'm not saying it's not, but to me, ultimately, you got to go on that field and and learn and bump your head and 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 understand. Okay, this is what pressure feels like. I need to get the ball out quicker. Make my reads. Because at the end of the day, I mean, okay, what? You, you you keep them on the bench, what, all year long? And then I, I guess you go in the draft and try to get some office alignment and then bring them back next year? And, I mean, I just don't – like, what's the long-term – like, what's the plan? What's the goal? You know what I'm saying? Now, again, you, you can't go out there and and, and hurt and, and let the guy get hurt, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just throw him out there in the fire if you know for a fact that your O-line is just so bad that they just can't protect them. So I think the Panthers are just in a tough situation, JB, if I'm being honest, where it's like you got this young cat that you that you drafted so high with. It's supposed to be the, your franchise guy, your, your, your next guy up. And, again, we, we know who Andy Dalton is. He's, he's a solid, serviceable quarterback. At his peak, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. So I got a ton of respect for Andy Dalton. But at the, at the end of the day, we know, we know who he is. It's kind of like with my coach. We know who Gardner Minshew is. It's not that, it's not that they're, they're not good quarterbacks but they're not the future of my franchise. And I want to be able to sell this to my fans, to my city, that we are moving in the right direction and, and that we're, we trust the guy that we drafted. So in my opinion, you got to put that guy out there and, and go through the growing pains. I always say this and bring this up because I think it's valid and it's important. I always, Peyton Manning went 3-13 and 13 his rookie year. In 2001, which is I think his third year, he led the league in interceptions. My point being is, this is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's on my Mount Rushmore. And even this cat had some really dark times in his career, some really bad struggles. And in my opinion, that's okay. You learn from it. You grow from it. And then if you're really about what we think you are, then we'll see the positive results. So 
I say no, man. If Bryce Young is healthy, keep him out there. Allow him to figure it out. But definitely want to hear your perspective, JB. So, look, if you break down the rookie QBs that have been drafted, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Bryce Young's out. AR5's out. CJ Stroud, 380 yards a game on a bad team. They're throwing the football all over the park. 0-2. Levis doesn't play. Um, then you got some guys like Aiden O'Connell who doesn't play yet. My boy Toon in Arizona, who I think should play, is not playing yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts playing soon. Dude from the uh, Browns from UCLA. Yeah. You know, DTR, you know, he's going to sit. There, there's some guys that are spread spread around and, and, and all that. Bottom line is, these guys aren't ready. They're not ready. I've been saying they're not ready for a while, especially as we know, when you are a high draft pick, you're a bad football team. If you got a high draft pick, you've probably been pretty bad, unless you're in some anomaly like the Patriots where they used to get pick after pick even though they won a Super Bowl. That's not happening at quarterback, though. Quarterbacks go to bad franchises for the most part. Trevor Lawrence is super, 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 super uh, beneficial in the fact that they got Doug Peterson. They 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 move that roster around dramatically fast. They got some key acquisitions, free agents. The, the Jags are now at least in a position to save Trevor Lawrence, make him look like the number one overall pick that he was. Bryce Young's not, and I said it from the jump. AR5's not. C.J. Stroud's probably not, but C.J. Stroud, to me, like I said on this show months ago, is the biggest, the most physical specimen throwing the football of all the draft picks. He makes sense to me. He's in there right now. He's throwing for 380 a game for a reason. He's on time. He's getting the ball out. He doesn't. You don't see him wasting motion. They have a bad roster. Uh, Tank Dell, my kids there. They, he had a touchdown last week. They got a bad roster overall, but they're moving in the right direction. He's a guy that can do it. That I'm seeing, like, damn, he's impressed me so far because of the NFL sustainability that he shows me. Bryce Young does not. He's in the pocket. He don't like it. He tucks the ball. He moves out the pocket. You see him get sacked as soon as he leaves the pocket. CJ Stroud ain't leaving that pocket, dog. Very, 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 very few times has he left the pocket unless he's had to. He's throwing the ball out of there. He's getting that shit out of there. He knows his own line's not very good. Bryce Young, number one, can't see to do that. He's fucking 5'11". Number two... He's having an issue with a horrible O-line that is all 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", Big Smitty. If you can't see and a horrible line is being pushed in your lap, you got a problem. AR5, similar situation. Using athleticism against him. Using his athleticism against him on a bad roster is why I said, yeah, he's a freak. But is he ready to play in the NFL today? No. I would have started Minshew. For the fact that Jordan Love is proving the benefits that he's getting right now. I would rather wait a few years and get this result I'm getting right now. Is is I would do that all day over. I would do it a hand over fist. I would do it. But we're but not everybody doesn't have an Aaron Rodgers to sit behind. That's the issue, JB. Yeah, I get it. We're the into but the, and then it's not only that, I agree, but it's not only that, it's into gratification now. We are in the into gratification world. We need now, 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 now. Here's my fight back. Uh, and I'm not saying on it too long, but here's the issue I, I told a lot of people last year. I told people in Twitter 
Nico's getting a roughly five million dollar deal at Tennessee. He hasn't played it down yet. Coming out of high school, he got it like an eight million dollar T-Mobile deal. I don't believe he got all eight million, but he's roughly around five million dollars. I coached his dad. His dad played with me. I know the kid forever. Caleb Williams is roughly making around five million dollars right now with commercials and NIL com- combination of few things. He's already branding his name. Agencies agencies already possess his rights. They're moving towards a brand. They're getting him ready. There's other NFL college guys that would be there. Bryce Young would be the highest paid college player right now if he stayed in college. Do you agree to that? He would be at the top, yeah, for sure. I mean, he won the Heisman. He would probably be, you know, arguing to come back for another Heisman. He could be in the in the discussion of actually winning a Natty again. If Alabama has him, I would he, be. He'd definitely be top five. Him, Shador, Caleb, Archie yeah. Manning. He'll be in the top five for sure. Um, I think he'd be number one at Alabama still. Um, especially coming off what he just did. Look, we talk about NIL being so beneficial. Why aren't guys looking at this thing and saying, well, I'll make another five, six million. Now, here's the here's the pros and the cons. All right. He got 24 million guaranteed. Okay. 24 million guaranteed to go to Carolina. Pro. Knock. Let's let's go, let's go back one time. Knock. He stays in college. He makes five, six million plus endorsements that you don't see. The risk of injury, coach, man, you got a risk of walking your doggy. I mean, it is what it is. Football has been played for 80 years prior to the NIL deals, everybody. Let's pump our brakes. People fucking played and stayed and played and got hurt and came back from an injury. They call it rehab and you rehab and you come back. I mean, people act like an injury don't happen. That's it's part of the business. All right. If if was a fifth, we'd all be loaded. That's how life works. That's how we live. Now, having said that, Smitty, it's six million a year and a possibility of getting drafted by a better team next year after having another successful college year, possibly putting your stamp on college football history, like Caleb Williams is gonna try this year by winning a second Heisman. Are all those things worth the stretch? That's that's the personal that's the personal dilemma that you all have to answer yourselves as individuals. I'm not going to answer that for Bryce. I know Bryce comes from a little bit of money. He's not he wasn't struggling out here in the hood. I, I know Bryce's family. He's not like he's 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 he needs the money. Um, the 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 problem I have, Big Smitty, is now if you don't need the money, like like I'm saying, why rush to it? Now you're in the NFL. You're possibly going to sit the rest of the year because that team's so bad. I wouldn't throw out my $24 million guy to get lit up either if I'm thinking he's going to have a future whatsoever. So if he comes back next year and he's and he's so throttled and rattled and just can't get over the hump of the bad rookie season, you've wasted this dude. Like, is the $20 million really worth the wait? You're gonna He would have made $34 million. In 2024, FYI. <laughs> but we want to go so quickly, instant gratification. I'm not knocking Bryce Young for leaving at all. Not saying he did the wrong thing. I'm not saying that's not the right decision. All I'm giving you is perspective as, is it really that bad right now? In an era, Big Smitty, where I'm saying every day, quarterback plays at all-time low. Football's at all-time low. If I'm saying that every day, now my, you take my word for a grain of salt. If I'm saying that every day, though, it just ties into my belief. It ties into what I'm saying. Stay your ass one more year and 
let some bad football occur ahead of you in the NFL, which would be happening right now. And then let me go dissect through there. Caleb Williams' daddy's already talking. Maybe we don't want to go to Arizona and pick one next year if we're pick one. Maybe we stay. Those are things that are being put out there right now. So I don't know. That's my perspective on it. Um, it's a good perspective. I guess let me counter it real quick or just, I, I guess, comment it on it as well. It's a few things, man. Like I mean, one, like you said, using Bryce as the primary example here, he comes from money. So it's not like he literally needed the money per se, but more money is still more money. And if I got 24 guaranteed, if I sign this contract right now versus, you know, making five or maybe 10 with endorsements or whatever, it's still, that's still a, a way more, more money just, just from off that. So I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving money off the table by staying number one. Number two, if you're going to be a top draft pick, like you stated, whether it's this year, next year, or the year after, it's going to be a bad franchise. It's the reason why you got the number one overall pick. It's because you were bad. So at the end of the day, that's just the way the system is. And you as a, no, a top draft pick are supposed to be good enough to change the franchise, change the but future. I like Joe Burrow. Not to cut you off. You're talking about the now. I'm talking about longevity being a great you're you're the number one pick smitty do you want to be the number one pick and be labeled a bust like so many have or no. do you want to be the number one pick and last and have but a you, have but a you control that you that, that's up to your play joe broke joe Burrow could have went to cincinnati and shit the bag we were, oh this guy was a buzz he was a one-hit wonder in college but no he bought the fuck out with a horrible team, I, I let me add the Bengals was have been a bad franchise for a long time. Yeah, but horrible O line. He got no protection, and he took them to a Super Bowl within what two years? That's unheard. That's crazy. So I'm but saying, not, no, that come on now. That's a franchise that made a lot of moves that got better. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, I mean over time. But when he first got drafted, that was not no good team. That was that wasn't some incredible team. I like you act like Burrow's been in the league twenty years. Burrow's been in the league three years. I know I'm not and I'm saying they they made some move I'm saying like when he first got drafted what was the main thing his O-line sucks the same situation we're hearing now he's and getting guess who they drafted, by the way guess who they drafted number one when everybody bitched and moaned about the Bengals draft I remember because I was at the draft that year because I had a couple kids getting drafted the number one naysayers out there every mainstream media said they're making a mistake. They need to they need to give Joe Burrow a left tackle after they drafted Burrow. They need to get him a left tackle. They went out and got uh Chase. Yeah. They got Jamar Chase, and everybody was like, why are they getting the receiver? And now what happened? They go to the Super Bowl with Jamar Chase the very next season. And right. now everybody's like, oh damn, maybe now it's a wideout driven league. Maybe now that's why the market's as high as it is at wide receiver. Right. So like and Bryce Young will need help. I'm not saying a Panthers, like I'm not saying it, but I'm saying you gotta go out there and like. If you're if you're really good at your position, if you're a really good quarterback, you're going to get drafted high. Caleb Williams, point blank, period. He's gonna get drafted high. Whether whether where he goes next year or if he wants to wait and go next year, it's gonna get drafted. He's gonna be a number one, number two pick, which means you're gonna be on a bad team. That's what it is. You're not gonna get drafted to the fucking Chiefs. They they already have a quarterback, so you're gonna get drafted to a bad franchise. Your job, they're gambling on you. They're they're investing in you with the hopes. That you will be great enough to uplift us from being a bad franchise to a moderate to good to great franchise. That's the whole reason why we're drafting you. So if if you can get easily rattled off one bad year or because you got sacked too many times as a, as a rookie and now you lost all your confidence, that means you weren't the right guy to begin with. I'm sorry. 
you play quarterback, JB. You guys have a lot on your plate as a leader, a lot of intangibles. You have to be tough. You have to be thick-skinned with the media because you're going to get all the blame when you lose, all the all the praise when you win. There's a lot of intangibles that goes into being a quarterback. And if you if you don't have those guts, and not saying Bryce doesn't, I'm just speaking in general, if you don't have those type of guts to take that, you're not the right guy to lead the franchise, and we made a mistake to begin with. So it just is what it is. It come, Like yesterday, you talked about um, the, 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 the job description for a quarterback. In my opinion, these things, these intangibles, comes with the job description of an NFL quarterback. Guts, uh, uh, resolve, and being able to go through adversity, being able to fight through tough times. If Peyton Manning could have easily, after being a top uh, top two pick, came to the Indy, all these uh, uh, the expectations, he goes 3-13, and 13, they could have easily been like, oh, man, I let, I let the city down, I let my family down, and just – had a horrible career. No, he had guts. He fought through it. The very next year, went thirteen and three. So again, you just have to be great. Like you have I mean, to fight through all quick. that. Let me break this down real quick. So first of all, I go into saying the I love to see the Jordan loves of the world sit and watch. I love to see the Kyle Trask of the world. I love to see that Mahomes did it a year, even though it was a year. It was still a very valuable one. Aaron Rodgers did it with Brett Favre. Tom Brady did it with Duke Bledsoe. Steve Young's done it with Joe Montana. The greatest has done it. So Joe, Mar- Joe Montana, Drew Bledsoe when Tom Brady was a six-round guy, and then you said Aaron Rodgers when he had Brett Favre in front of him, JB. You're giving no. me, like, all pro quarterbacks. I get it, but here's what I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, damn. By the way, Justin Fields has had Andy Dalton, dog. Bro. Hold on, though. My point is... <laughs> It ain't that bad sitting behind a starting NFL experienced guy for a year or two because we're throwing these guys in to start and you're sitting there up in arms like they need to start right away. Show me the guy that's balling out, Big Smitty. They're fucking horrible. They're horrible. You like mediocrity, I guess, dog, because these quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence look, Trevor Lawrence look really good to me. i Andy fucking Dalton play and get his ass lit up that knows how to get rid of the football. Boom, 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 boom. Then a shitty-ass rookie who's willing to risk it all and end his career before it ever gets started. Because I was just going to go learn from the bench. Yeah, you do. You just saw I, know, I said how. I'm asking you. This night, huh? I didn't say he couldn't. I said how. I'm just saying. I just I still understand. Like, maybe I it's know. hard for me. Me as a player, I didn't, like, I didn't get red shirt in college. I went out there as a freshman, and I was not all that. I was okay. But I was not that good as a freshman, as a true freshman. Sophomore year, I was night and day, way better as a, than I was my freshman year. Why? Because I went out there and played, and I knew what what I did was wrong. The speed of the game it slowed down for me. I I knew like how to how to you know it's just certain things that you got to just go out there and play because you can only practice only gives you so much. The game speed is a whole different animal, and I had to go out there to see how that shit felt, to see how it was, to see the environment, to understand that. And it made me – so maybe that's why it's hard for me to, to understand. Uh, yeah, I, but let me let me break it down. What is your number one job? What was your number one job as a, as a freshman in college as a D lineman? To go right out and play. You started or played? No, I just played heavily. I didn't start. All right, you played. So you're getting in there. You're playing maybe what? You, you, let's see, Anna. You say you you see third down maybe uh, every yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. All right, third down. So, every, yeah. yeah, yeah. You forgot. I I know how this thing works. All right, so I didn't say you get in there and you do that, but 
you're telling me that a defensive lineman that number one instinct is see ball hit ball is the same as a fucking Bryce Young standing in the pocket dropping back against see ball hit ball guys? I think I think even more important for that guy who has so much to fucking calculate and figure out to go out there and figure it out. It's, it's almost like a parent scared to put their, take, let their kids leave the nest and go to college because it's like, ah, I've been protecting them my whole life. I've had the bubble oh, around them. I got to throw them out there. Ah, I want to keep protect them from the world, protect them from the, 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 oh, the evils not. of the world. Let that number one drive pick, number one overall pick that you invested your money in, who you traded for, by the way, go out there and show the world why you traded for him. Cam Newton went out there and played. Justin Herbert. He, he what, didn't play the first couple games until Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the fucking rib. He basically went out there and played straight up. Worked out for Justin Herbert. Trevor Lawrence is balling out right now, one of the top quarterbacks. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> Smitty, Smitty, Smitty. My young Pandawan. What do they call it? Pangwan? Pangwan? Pandawan? What do they call it? Star Wars? I don't know what you're talking about right now. Young Pangwan? I forgot what they call it. Star Wars. They call That's it like the young... young- Young Jedi, no, but it's like Matt. You know, it's the guy Matt that we're like trying to mentor and teach, and he's young and he's fiery and he's so good at everything he does. But then he sometimes he just don't get it. That's Big Smitty. <laughs> Ethan said it's part. It's part of one. Appreciate you, Ethan. So, part of one. I'm in on this. I, I think it it depends on the, it depends totally on the quarterback, right? But. Young should be sitting and watching, and Stroud. I would been sit sitting and watching. To my point, huh? should have been. He should have been sitting yeah, and watching from the gym. I agree. He shouldn't be playing as a freshman or as a rookie, just because the the offensive line is like you can destroy your quarterback as much as you can help him. So it, it depends on the situation. I don't know. I I didn't really like Young as the first pick anyway, but at the same time, like if all these young guys are going to play, then I don't know how many first round quarterbacks were last year. Uh, we had eight had, yeah, the three. Or was Will Levis first round? Yeah, no, he went second. And then his oh, he went second, first pick, second round, I think. I think the three then because CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, I think were the three. Well, I think one, two of the three will not make it four years. So that's just the way it is. So two of the three are going to be busts, and the other guy might be might start for five years. But let's be real, man. Quarterbacks are hard to find, and that's why they're drafted so high because if you don't have one you are cooked so let's be real all right um let me i want to show something real quick smitty that i had in here i wanted to get matt's take on because this is something that i uh i just find it to to relate with smitty's discussion relate to everything we talk about on this show every day to be honest Instant gratification, Big Smitty, is what we started the show with. This is what we are in, the instant gratification world. There's a reason why I said you argue Bryce Young, and Matt argues against me all the time because he he wants this, he argues with it and against this point. And to catch Matt up real quick before I show this video, I was like, would it be really bad, Matt, if Bryce would have stayed at Alabama, went after a second Heisman, maybe went after a natty this year, made six, seven, eight million in NIL and marketing money, already has an agent. He signed for a $24 million guarantee. Okay, I get it. But he's going to get $6 million in college, have a better experience, and then probably get $34 million next year in 24. But is that such a bad risk? And, and everyone's so bad, so hitting me up on my DMs, uh, Matt. What if he got hurt? 
We've been playing this fucking game for 80 years, bro. We get hurt, and guess what we do? It's called rehab. We come back and play. Like, I'm, I'm so sick of what if he gets hurt? Well, what if you're a pussy? That's the bottom line. I'm so tired of this shit on social media, man. But I want to show this video right Friends now. Friends on the other teams. I didn't, you know, and I think it's a little different day and age. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I Even was ex-teammates that left? Well, yeah, to a degree. But, I mean, I was – my friends were the guys that were in the battle with me. So Sick. it's very different in today's age. You've got to create a lot of different emotion to, to, to heighten your sense of awareness and focus. Like, for me, anger was good. Anger was good because it was motivating. The more yeah. I could create yeah. an enemy, the more I want to go out and kill those guys. Now, I knew I wasn't going to kill them physically. But, man, if I could just – what did they say? You know, and what did they look like? Did they disrespect me at all? You know, and did that asshole say something? Like, those are little, little, little things that can get me right in the emotional frame of mind that when I ran on the field and I said, let's go. Motherfucker, that guy motivates me, dog. Shit. But we'll sit on him. Smitty's age will sit on him because he's he's, no, he's fucking 100% right. He's 100% right. I, I wouldn't sit on him at all. That's my yeah. He's, yeah. he's yeah. not the guy. I don't get gonna, it. I'm you guys already fucking better. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I love that. Hey, don't, don't put me in that category. I, I definitely didn't say that bullshit. <laughs> Damn. I, you know what I'm saying, man? Don't, don't, throw, don't throw me in that category. I ain't, oh, I ain't saying right, that shit. No, no I, not you. I mean your age group. Yeah, y'all young motherfuckers. Is I think, hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out. I'm about to be 30. I think it's the people under me. I think I think it's the 22-year-old oh, we're talking to, the 21-year-old. I'm 29, but I'm about to be 30 in a couple months, man. I'm about to be 30. Like I think my, my generation, JB. we still got a little bit of common sense. I JB. think it's the 18, 19-year-olds. JB, how does it feel doing a show with a child? <laughs> man, he, he keep me energetic, Matt. He keeps me like on my toes. Oh, motherfuckers, uh, boy. You old ass motherfucker. I'll be 40 years old. Y'all be 65, whatever. And this motherfucker, he's a kid. Like, I'm going to have like a two-pack. My dick going to be about this long. We're going to be kicking it at 65. Dog. I can't wait. So look. Hey, Matt. I've learned sus, the word sus. I've learned. Oh, about, yeah. Uh, I, learned, I learned sus the other day. And, you know, I, I started using Earth on Altitude. And the the producer guy's like, it's Earth. And I'm like, nah, dog. We live on Earth. Where is Earth, son? Earth. Greatest show of planet fucking Earth. I wonder if you grew up in the suburbs, motherfucker. It's Earth, bitch. So, <laughs> all right. So, back to what we're talking about. YouTube, focus. Bunch of fucking pit bulls chasing laser pointers in here. Focus. All right, so, so, what are we talking about? Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bryce Young possibly staying versus the money and staying in the NIL deal now and well, then leave. If I'm Bryce Young, I probably look at this now and go, I like my check and I like my house. But, dog, there's a possibility that you don't live in that house very long and those checks stop coming because the, the team around him is just so bad. And I, I like, I love Pat McAfee on his show when he was talking about Adam Thielen and he called him a white. And he's like, is he, is he the best possession receiver because he's a white? And I was like, holy fuck, this is so funny. So he's throwing to a white, apparently. That's <laughs> so fucking awesome. An older and white. An old, an old white, don't know less. So it's an old cracker ass cracker that's definitely crumbling out there. <laughs> Y'all said it, not me. 
Shaq, I love they it. said yeah, it, I not the black guy. To say anything I want. So, look, man, Bryce Young has all the potential in the world, but a lot of this is situation, and I'm going to turn this back to something that is close to our hearts here. And I know we talk about the buffs all the time, but it's relevant. Caleb Wilson doesn't have to come out this year, right? Williams, yeah. No. Or he does. He does have to. He, he doesn't, right? Caleb's still a junior, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, daddy even talking about him possibly staying if the team's not the right. Nick May's still a junior, and Shador's a junior. And, I mean, look, if the top of the draft is poor franchises, not teams, obviously the top of the draft is a bad team. But – I'm talking about bad franchises. Like, if Cleveland's at the top, they've notoriously screwed up the first pick and can't develop quarterbacks. If Arizona's at the top, they've notoriously screwed up the first pick and can't pick quarterbacks and can't develop them. If uh, if Tennessee's at the top, just hypothetically, and Mike Vrabel's there, and they have Derrick Henry, that might be a good fit for a young quarterback. I, I, like, and just sit behind Tannehill for a year, maybe. Like, it's all about fit with these guys. And if, if especially Shador Sanders with Coach Prime coming out and saying that they're not leaving and all the hubbub that that caused, I think that they're it's coordinated. I think they're using the media to get their message out because they are super smart and that's what they do. Um, but I also think that just hypothetically, let's say that the – uh, let's say the Broncos and the, the wealthiest owner in professional sports – they have a, a very average year this year. I think they might win five games based on the schedule and what I'm looking at. But Russell Wilson's making 245. So when you get to the end of the year, Sean Payton might look at it and go, okay, we're cutting bait. And we're really going to just break this down to brass tacks. And we're going to get rid of Wilson. We're going to get rid of Bulls. We're going to get rid of, you know, McGlinchey and Powers just, just signed. But if their cap number is too high and they can save money, they'll cut them. They'll trade Justin Simmons. They'll just take everything down to brass tacks. Pretty much keep Sertan. Everybody else is expendable. We're rebuilding. And then you put yourself in position to get the number one pick. And then you have your choice between Shador Sanders, Caleb Williams, or Drake May at the top of the draft. And you're going to a franchise that actually knows how to develop quarterbacks and like win games and has a lineage of not screwing this up as bad as other places. They did draft Tommy Maddox and Tim Tebow. That is true. But they also found a way to trade for John Elway and to get Peyton Manning and to find a way to get Jake Plummer. And they did draft Jake Cutler and even though Cutler is a fuck boy. And he was his whole career. He's also a stud and he's also a stud at times. He's got a big arm and he was a competitor to a point. I'd be, you know, I'd be really, I know Erlacher's on today. I'm not probably, probably not going to see each other because I'm on early today, but I know they played together and they were in that NFC title game together. And I wonder like really deep down what Erlacher and Lance Briggs and, Alex Brown and all those all those bad motherfuckers that were on that Bears defense because that Bears defense. No, nah, we asked him that last week. We asked him that like, last does, week. Does he like Jay? I, I know, but I asked him. I said, "Could you and Briggs handle to like? Will we ever see another Erlacher Briggs?" And he he brought up like you know uh, the Tampa Bay duo right now. He's been around a long time. White and uh, and uh, David David uh, JUCO product. Um, he, he brought those guys up, but he's like, but I don't think we'll ever see what they could be because they can't hit the fucking players like we did. But do you yeah. think that they do you think they respected Jay or did the NFC title game destroy that? 
nah, he kind of talked about that before on my show because he's been on a few times. That's He'll a tough question. Talking. Like that's like throwing a teammate under the bus almost, but it's also real opinion. Yes. You know, I don't know if they're boys. I don't know. You see the difference though? We never would publicly say shit. If we were at the party that we threw at our house, then we're talking. Yeah, that would be our party conversation. Yeah. And yeah. he's well, like, you let Jay know. Hey man, we need you to fucking be better. Like if it's at a party without cell phones, like nowadays though, you got fucking fields and these guys on, on the meet on the panel. Like that's what Brian don't like. Like, look, I'm all about using the media to send a message, but Justin, what Justin Fields did is just unacceptable. That's not leadership. That is total just that's some clown shit. Like, bro, that come on, you gotta be smarter than that. You can't just come out and say the yeah. coaches. I mean, hey, you're, I, you're a pretty smart kid. Big Smitty, so, let's I want to transition while I have Matt. Um well, well, hold on, let me finish my point here. If 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 we get full circle back to looking at Justin Fields and looking at like looking at uh Young and looking at Stroud, who actually I think might have a chance down in Houston and I think all these kids have a chance. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he was really successful. Some other quarter, Trey Lance wasn't, so on and so forth. So much of it is on the kid. So much of it is on the situation. And if I'm those three quarterbacks, especially Shador, with how marketable he is because of his father and how good he is, because I don't see Caleb Williams and Drake May the way I see Shador Sanders. So if you can make 10, 12 million bucks in NIL and be one of these big-time quarterbacks and all these commercials and everything – why would you want to leave in a situation where you're with your your family, your best friend, you're just players are just falling out of the sky to come to Colorado, and next year's a 12 team playoff. You're in the Big 12, which is a much easier conference. Looking at it, I think they have a chance next year to be like a national title contender, and he could go number one overall and win the Heisman. And I think he'll be a finalist this year in New York, hand to God. So I think they beat Oregon this weekend too in in Austin. I know they're 21-point dogs, but I'm calling it right now. Without Travis Hunter, I think they go up there, and it is a shootout, and I'll take Shador over Bo Nix. And I want everybody to think I'm crazy because everyone thought I was crazy when I picked TCU, and everybody thought I was crazy when I said they were going to be good, and everybody thought I was crazy when I said Shador was a first-rounder, and all that shit is true, true, true. So you all might want right, to listen to the big guy. Let's move to some NFL. Um, fuck Colorado. Let me move to NFL. Um, it's I okay. Like- you love I us like or hate us. Game. I don't care. Just you're thinking about us, though. Hey, uh, I like them this week to score points. I just don't know if they're gonna score enough. But he don't believe, have- man. He don't. He don't believe. You don't believe. It's okay. I believe. I'm a believer. Hey, I was with you on the first three weeks. Hey, um, let me let's dive into last night NFL talk real quick with the Giants because you played D line, you played O line. Um, Ethan, let's pull it up. Throw up my fucking theme music. Damn. I want to see this. This, uh, I want to show you this god awful NFL soft pussy play. I want you to see Is it. Is this the Leonard Williams hit? Huh? Motherfucker. Oh, this poor guy, dude. I mean, great inside I move. Attack the end. Great finish. Right here. Re- rewind. Oh, move. Hold on. Let's, can we talk about the move, though? The two the move is outside. Beautiful. Set the guard up, came back inside, swipe over the top. Oh my That's god, the elbow all gets stand when he's thick. Got Look skinny over the hips and then the runs course. through the man. That's a great hit, dude. Look, the NFL. I, the first thing I texted JB last night was, Hey, bro, I'm on at 7 30 tomorrow night. Eight, god damn, the NFL soft. And it's like it's almost unwashable, homie. Like, uh, it is. 
I got more contact with my girl than I do with these guys on the field. They can't touch nobody. Like, dude, if a ref hey, was hey, in Matt, my bedroom, I would have flags going left and right. If, if I could get the ball out without any restriction yeah. and get hit, <laughs> I actually used to tell girls, did you see me get hit and get the ball off? Yeah, this did is my thing. Get the ball what off and win the game? We we no, talk about this. We can't get hit no more. It's fucking pussy. I'm telling Look, as as an offensive and defensive lineman. You see how he's fucking yeah, it's a fucking badge of honor, dog. And Schmitty, I know you've ran through quarterbacks in your life. And JB, I know you've gotten crushed and you just get up and knowing you, you were like, you all suck. You're a bitch. I'm going to throw a touchdown on you. And I fucking you right. <laughs> and now that's why I can't coach these kids, Matt, because I got these and these kids got fucking these. Yeah, but bro. Like, God. it's something I struggle with big time all the time because everybody thinks I'm mean and I am, but I'm just football. I'm football mean, bro. You want, if I'm an asshole and I'm on your side, I'm you. I'm your asshole. And you I want you in my foxhole, man. I want you in my foxhole. Right. You, you do not want me standing on the other side, shoulder to shoulder with them, because two or three of you ain't coming back. You might get me in a rush, but you're gone. You're gone. He's food. It's on. So, look, dog. This all relates back to the toughness part of this game, and if the NFL is going to regulate out the ability for the quarterback to show how tough he is on the toughest team in football, because the 49ers are pretty fucking good. And Brock Purdy's a tough kid who just came back from an elbow injury. It makes him look soft, and he didn't even do anything. All hey, he did I got a take, take that I'm pissed off about. This is why you should I'm be pissed off. off. That look, this is the kind of shit that makes me not want to bet on the NFL. It makes me not want to care after I see it. After I saw that on on Twitter or whatever last night when I was coming home from football practice, and by the way, we play a team this Saturday, the 5280 Buffs who have been talking so much shit. One of the fucking coaches from the other team said I was a racist. Me? Yeah, come on, Darks. Thank you, Schmitty. Thank, thank you, my guy. Like, oh, that Matrezzi guy's a racist. And I was like, hold, hold on, homeboy. So a, a white guy that's not a punk motherfucking banker has to be a racist. Like, that's pretty fucking I'm, I've been one on Instagram last week. Oh, yeah, dog. I mean, I, I understand that the, 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 you know, chemically insane in the brain, those guys, the mental cripples, as we call them, they can only revert to the most ludicrous bullshit on human fucking earth. Hey, so, man. Here's why I'm pissed off. It's supposed to be tough, though, dog. Like, I have so much respect for those guys, and I wonder how – I just wonder this. If you put the quarterbacks of, of today's era in the older generation and they didn't know the difference and they had to develop the way Aikman did and Elway and Marino and, like, that whole Montana and Young and all those bad motherfuckers, even – like average quarterbacks that were also just ass kickers, Brister and Harbaugh. And like they weren't great, but they were tough as nails. Man, like yeah, man, all those guys. Like it, Brad Johnson in Tampa, and like guys like Trent Dilfer in Baltimore, who was just not very good, but just was tough as fuck and fit that that team perfectly. How many guys don't even get the opportunity to show what they are inside their heart and head and if it's connected at the quarterback position? Because there's nothing more I respect as a defensive lineman than me running through a quarterback and him getting up and jabbing at me and then throwing a touchdown. And there's also nothing more I respect as an offensive lineman than when my quarterback takes a shot and he gets up and walks in the huddle and grabs my face back and goes, are you going to let him do this to me all day, motherfucker? I thought I was your guy. But I have no respect for the guy who just lays on the ground and, and squirms like a dead fish. 
And like every time you touch him, he flops. Like I feel like or ask for the like, fucking flag. Ask the ref yeah, for the asking flag. Asking for flags. Like the they've all hung out with LeBron too much. And we're now we're in flop city. And mm. look, dog, I, I think that the NFL is doing this to themselves. They are again, they are not playing to the base. That is not a penalty. That is a great pressure. I mean, it it's bang bang. Here's what pissed me off, man. I gotta get this. And they're probably find him too. Yeah, I know. This is the issue I have right here. Nick Chubb didn't get a fucking penalty thrown on the fucking play by Mika Fitzpatrick, and we're allowing this to be a penalty, but this guy probably lost his career that other night, and we're not worried about the high-low on regular players, but quarterbacks can't be touched. That is what pisses me off as a quarterback. I'm like, me and Sean Salisbury, homie, we played quarterback and got hit. That is probably why. The Aikmans and the Youngs and the and the world that lived before everybody else out here that's never seen those guys are so fucking enamored by guys getting hit and throwing a flag and asking for the flag and tippy-toeing out of bounds and getting two extra yards because they know they're not going to get fucking hit. It's the soft-ass game we're in, but Roger Goodell is slapping us in the face. If Chubb can get high load and a quarterback can get bang-bang played and a penalty be called, it doesn't make sense. Like, so how, how do they fix this? Because I don't think they can. They're just going to make it worse, right? It, it, when is it going to be that you can't touch them at all? Like, if you run towards them at one second, they just blow the whistle and don't hit them. And if you touch them at all after the play, it's a foul too. Like, at I what think point? It's going to be it's going to be thud. I think on the quarterback, well, like just wrap yeah, them up, up and they go to whistle. Schmitty and JB and everyone listening, and I, I'd love to get Erlacher's opinion on this and Wed and everybody else, especially Weddle's beard. I bet you Eric's beard would have a very strong opinion on this. And my I beard agree. needs to his beard. So what I'm saying is the game's never changed for me, bro. Right now. The the chain the game don't change for me. I'm a I'm I live in the trench and I always have. So yeah. the only thing that I can't do really is high low. So what is since I have this problem all the time. We talk about it all the time. Why is my brain and neck and shoulders not as important as the skill players? And then why are they what what is with the pussification of the skill players? But then we glorify the physicality of the big guys. Why do we have this double standard in the National Football League where it's like a triple standard? You have rules for the quarterback where he's like treated like a punter. If you touch him or blow on him, he falls over. I wonder how quarterbacks feel about them being called punters. You have rules for the skill players. Like the running back can't lower his head to use it as a weapon, and neither can the safety, but the guard can, and the fullback can, isoing a mic. So the it's impossible to abide by all these rules because, number one, I don't think the players know all of them, and they're always changing the fucking goalposts. They're moving the goalposts all over the damn field. You wonder and, why we're not wrapping up anymore, Matt? We're just fucking throwing our head in there? Well, that, that's the thing is they, instead of trying to tackle people and not trying to shoulder lead and blow people up. And in my opinion, a good, that, that tackle that Leonard threw on the pressure is like perfect. Face perfect. up, head back into the quarterback's chest, wrap him, put him into the ground, but don't like lift him and drive yeah, him. He, he didn't lift him and jump. He didn't do nothing yeah, extra. This was a bang, bang play. Do that. And, like that was but he didn't do that. Here's, Eric Weddle. Here's what Weddle said. And Matt, you understand. When you change the rules where you can't 
hit above the waist, we as DBs automatically go low so we won't get fined. And then what happens is Nick Chubb loses his career. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever play again. And that sucks. Well, spot on. You change the rules, Smitty, and you can't go high. What the fuck are you supposed to do? You're going to go low, especially on Derrick Henry, right? Especially yeah. on Nick Chubb. Especially on these know, guys. You know, skill players don't like it when people go low. And I understand that. I didn't like getting cut either, but it forced me to learn how to play a fucking key and, like, right. use my hands and stab him down and move. I can't just be a fat fucking stand there and get cut blocked. So, look, man, I, again, though, if the NFL and the Players Association or Players Union don't want to practice and they don't want to do things, then we're going to have bad football like this. I'm not saying last night's game was bad. I mean, it was it was so good that I really didn't watch most of it. Like, after that play happened, I was like, oh, okay. Now, now we're sitting here and this is the world we live in. And I'm just, I'm telling you, man, it's gotten to the point with me with football where I love the NFL and it's fun to watch. But if I miss a game, I'm not worried about it anymore because you're probably just missing – some bullshit. Like I didn't bet last night. And I'm not I'm not really betting on the NFL anymore because I I need to know hey, look, I, I, who was the on the chat, field and all that calling, shit. The chat's calling Minka's hit cheap and all this. This is Minka's statement, Matt. After we what, yeah, what, 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 Metal just texted me and, like I would like to say that uh they've never someone that's talking never tackled a guy like Nick Chubb is basically what People he's saying. On Chubb and he's gonna DDT you off the floor. Right. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, people telling me to go high. So, so you know, what I seen was it opened up. It's the goal line again. People don't understand, Matt. It's the fucking goal line. I mean, it's a bang bang situation. Everybody on the goal line except for the quarterback supposed to do what? Down low. Leverage. It's the only way you stop people from the line. So again, though, like. I, I I hope I almost hope that the NFL has a transition where they may lose money, but they play more to their base rather than playing to Karens who don't care and are just trying to like you ever been around like a, a person doesn't have a Karen doesn't have to just be a female like a Karen is just a, a, a like the most no, annoying. Man, I, let's just call it what it is today. I'm, I'm fired up on Friday. I, let's just call it what it is. I don't call females bitches, Matt. I call fucking males bitches. Because that's, that's what males cool. yeah. are. That's males that cool. have the Karen attitude are what we call yes. bitches. Yes. Like, okay. that's just there are it. bitches and Karens. Karens and bitches. So, so speaking of that, Mick Smitty, I gotta ask you. So I I look at it and go, the longer we play to them, and all they're trying to do is sabotage it and make sure that their complaint is louder than any like constructive criticism that might be applied to improving the game. The longer we cater to the Karens and the bitches, as my man JB says, we are going to lose the base more and more and more and more and more every year. And it's going to be like, right here. What do you guys think of this? I want Smitty. I want to get your perspective. And I know any, everyone that's younger than you, I know what they're going to say already. Cause I've seen it on social media and I'm going to give you my take as to what we're all talking about, what this pertains to. I just want to get your guys take last night. Oh, nice. Um, so Trent threw a little right hook in there. Uh, yeah, so I think there's some more context. It was like a cube. It was the end of a half, I think. And and uh, he was just, I think Brock Perry was just taking the knee, you know, to go to the end of the half. And 
A'shaun, I think it's A'shaun Robinson, if I'm not mistaken, the D-lineman, came up the ball, doing a little too much when we all kind of agreed we know what the situation was. So Trent and his teammate pushed him. I think A'shaun said something that might have pushed him back, and then Trent uh, threw the punch. I read that those two kind of had some type of beef for, like, that goes back a little bit, supposedly. Uh, but, I mean, I don't – I mean, I've been seeing that shit my whole life. Like, situations like well, that. Alone in second year. <laughs> you said what? Thibodeau's in his second year. How they have beef. That, that wasn't Thibodeau. Well, that was A'shaun Robinson. Oh. Uh, look. Yeah. Look. It's, no, I, I, I love no they said on the TV, though, that Thibodeau was the reason why they had beef. I, I love the fact that Brent Williams does this, though. Like, one of my main beefs from the weekend is nobody backing up Shador Sanders when he got crushed. Right. And now Trent Williams is up there throwing punches. Like, that's what I. That's what we're looking for. I'd rather. I'd much rather walk up to one of my players and say, "Whoa, big dog, we gotta. We gotta have you on the field. We can't be getting 15 yarders." But you know, good job. Spin his ear next time. Fuck him. Thank like you, Matt. I, I can't deal with all this like PC fucking trench war. Stop. Right. All you people out here who think that this is somehow like we need to go sit down and mediate the discussion. Nah, fuck that. We need to get down, get dirty, and then get up and go, fuck you, fuck you too, and go, see you next play, dog. And then after the game, you know what? Guaranteed 100% they walk up to each other and dap it up and hug it up and go, you're a bad motherfucker. Can't wait to see you in the playoffs. I mean, I've seen Trent Williams walk across the field trying to scope Rich Sherman before, so. I'm so fucking tired of the people on Twitter and Instagram. He should have been ejected, and why isn't he ejected? <laughs> ejected for being aggressive. Give me a break. They're homer flat. They're all homer. They're yeah. all fucking now, I, I think the problem is a lot of people online just didn't play the game, honestly. Or they didn't play at a high level. Maybe they stopped playing after middle school. So they it just, to the common person, Football seems crazy, and now that I'm done playing, I do look back. I'm like, damn, we we did used to do some crazy shit. It but it was just, that's what made it great. That's what made it's it different. That's what made it's me love it. It's dangerous. It's crazy. Yes. The people that do it are not fucking mentally well adjusted the majority yep. of the time. And we look at the rest of y'all that think we're nuts, and the way you live, we think y'all are crazy. Exactly. That's so that's the, the problem. We got two sides right. that don't understand each other. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? When I have a six foot seven, 300 pound, 15 year old kid walk into my gym and he says he wants to play football and I look at his parents and the dad is 150 pounds overweight and the mom looks just like the dad and they're like morphing together and the kid's just sitting there with bitch tits and like he has a dream, but there ain't no fire behind it. Nothing's burning at his, at his place. Everything burns in my place. So my, my point is like, if you don't, if you're that, if God gifted you with that, and you don't wake up every day with a hard on you can fucking swing from ready to go attack the day. Bro, there's something wrong up here. And it has nothing to do with like, oh, it's too violent and it's too alpha and it's too mean. And I'm scared. It has it has to do with your inability to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. The whole point of football is for me to use my mouthpiece and my mitts and my knowledge and what I know about the game to make your life so uncomfortable mentally and physically that you can't play no more. You need to fake an injury or go on the bench or just shut it down. Guys shut it down all the time, and they they don't even know they're shutting it down. They're just out there. So this is not for everyone, and that's okay. It's not. Some guys should not be playing, and then some fans need to understand that this is entertainment for you, and no one cares about your criticism. Like, 
one thing I really try and do on social media, on, on Six Zero Academy, on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and all the platforms are blowing up, you know, like 175,000 a day on TikTok is dope. We just got TikTok shop. So like people can go buy the body bag on TikTok shop now, which is pretty cool. So trying to figure all this stuff out because I suck at this shit. Like my thumbs are too fat and this, this is too small and I need help. Anybody out there that's a social media genius and can help me monetize all this, help get out to me. So, but like the, the platforms they have have never been easier to use. The opportunities in front of them have never been easier to find. But if you don't believe in yourself and there's no fire behind your words and you want everybody else to do it for you and you're just going to sit back and be special, football don't owe you shit, dog. It'll pass you up as fast as, as you got into it. And when you're a fan and, like, the criticism that Coach JB gets or the praise or UD or me or Wed or Erlacher or anybody, I don't even read comments, dog. I don't care what people say after I post. After I post something, I leave. And everybody can discuss it, and I'm a piece of shit, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm great, and I'm bad. I don't care whether you like me or not, but you're listening, and you're watching, and that's all I do care about. So when the player finds out the power he has to almost be smug, but also give people your attention, but have the ability to be selfish and smug in this regard, this is my time, and I'm going to go do my job, and just let people know that that's the way it is. Until those things start to happen again in the National Football League and players become assertive and they're challenging their coaches and they're challenging the things in the league that don't fit and they know it doesn't, we're going to continue to have this problem. But I do think the players also like this. I think there's a lot of them that don't really like the physicality and aren't like my, my coach, Chris Wilson, who is an unbelievable coach, and like my second father. I love this man more than more than more than anybody. Like he's my guy. And he always, he's always used to be like, I'm going to find me a Mandingo warrior. I can find them. They want to play for me. I get your motherfucking ass out of here real quick. And it's like, that's the truth. If you're not recruiting and reforming the next guy to be better than the guy you have, the guys you have aren't worried about losing their job. They don't push. The guys you bring in can't play. And there's no competition. The fire doesn't burn. And we're all fucked. So hey, everything, man, everything I, comes I, back I, to that. I read the chat. Hey, I know. Shut the fuck up, fucking idiot. So JB look, love the chat. JB read all his comments. He be getting, he gets pissed hey, too on oh, the comments. He gets so because Matt, I'm like JB. They're trying. They're doing this on purpose. They know you're gonna get pissed. They want you to cuss them out. It's like a fetish. He, he likes it though. Yeah. Hey, he like gets off on yelling at people, which I did. Yeah. All right, I got it. You gotta get out of here right now. What? Before you get out of here, I gotta ask you. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna break this down with somebody that, uh, yes. that had to travel like you did in this business, etc. Can we pump our brakes? Listen, Ooh. I get all the haters come after me because of the Daniel Jones takes and all that shit. I want to be clear here, and this is someone that had a cup of tea, that's had a lot of guys play, that's been around coaching buddies that are in the NFL right now. You played in this league and had to do what the Giants have done in the first three weeks. Play a number one defense in football. Get shellacked because of whatever. Who cares? Go on the road to Arizona. Come back from 28. Win it. Travel an hour flight to Frisco. Stay on the West Coast for five days. Not in your own home. And then play the second best defense in football. 
can we pump our brakes that it's not the end of the world for the Giants? They're not. They're uh, listen. Waller's got to make catches. Receivers got to make plays. Their O line's fucking atrocious. And you've played two of the top three teams in football. Calm down. They'll be okay. I'm I mean, not worried about Daniel Dimes, big man. I'm staying on that hill. I'm just saying. Well, that's fine. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. They, they don't need to panic. No one does. Even if you're 0-2, you need to go win this weekend. You get to 0-3, you're fucked. But you get to, you're you're one and two or two and two going into like week five. You're in a oh. position to compete. So, you know, I, I will say that, yeah, his receivers need to help him. But like even Herb Street last night, who I love Kirk as a college guy. I don't know if I like him very much on the NFL broadcast. He seems to bring a little too much like college terminology and pep and my bulls. Like he, it's hard. Man. It has to be so hard, Matt. This guy, this terrible. Guy thank you. So yeah, again, bad. like he he took the job. So like there was a play last night where they ran a crossing route with Wall and he was wide open and Dimes missed him by five feet, bro. He threw a where and he said he had to make the catch. I heard that. And, yeah, and fucking Herb yeah. was like, "I'm to make that catch." And I'm like, "What the I fuck?" Was into a video like damn. <laughs> Fucking put it on his chest. Put it on his chest. So, like, it goes both ways. I don't think the Giants are screwed. I, but at the same time, I've seen them really struggle with two teams in the NFC that I think, with the exception of Philadelphia, are the class of it. So, Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas are really, really good. And then there's everybody else. So, we'll see what happens with the Giants. But, again, like, all of these quarterbacks are so fucking average. I don't know who's actually good and who's not, or if the defenses are just shitty or because the rules are catered and set up to help everybody these days on offense. And we're still struggling like this. So that's my point. It's weird. Well, the, the, the thing I will counter against you real quick, JB, the reason why I do think that the Giants need to be worried, whether it's about Danny Don or it's about their team themselves, is because of what Matt just said. Two of the top NFC teams are where? In the NFC East, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Last year, three teams from the division made the playoffs. I don't know if that's just going to happen again. That's not always something that, that, that Washington's gets not Washington's not looking around like they're chopped liver either. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Your boy, the enemy's over there doing his damn thing. So, John keep fucking around. They might find out, and they might yeah, be in last place in the division. So Yeah, but they played one game in the division. I'm not really worried about it right now. They have a lot of growing to do. They had three old linemen starters out last night, Smitty. Yeah. Come on, man. Let's calm down. Yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're depleted, and they're hurt, and they've got to get healthy. But at the same time. You I, couldn't I, have I, asked for a worse start of a season in three games. Well, yeah, but that's that's their fault. That's not that, right. like you can't just make excuses because you like them. No, no, no. I don't like. I don't even like the Giants. I've never liked the Giants. I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm an equal opportunist asshole now. I got to be straight down the pipe on every team. So, like, I'm not gonna fucking. I'm, I'm I don't have the Homer glasses on like Smitty has with the Colts. All right, so let me break I, down. I have Homer glasses on big time. That's okay. I know. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go through a couple games before you get out of here. Before sure. Smitty and I take a break and take a piss. All right, so. Titans Browns uh Matt in in Cleveland um two teams that are really hurting at quarterback uh I it's um Cleveland minus three and a half who you liking that one I'll take the Browns at home I think they'll play well they just got Kareem Hunt I still think they have a lot of talent but look it's probably not smart to debut your new spiffy uniform against the fucking Steelers on Sunday Night Football Demi so I like Cleveland in this game. Tennessee's in trouble. Will Levis's girl just left him. Don't go suck around, homie. She's out. Yeah, she left for real. Yeah, yeah I hit her up on Instagram already. 
And she, um, she's already out. She said, I, I DM'd him last night. This might be a benefit to Will Levis. He might turn to a savage. Uh oh. Uh, I don't really care. I DM'd the girl, though. I DM'd her. DM'd All right, ready? Uh, Falcons, Lions. Falcons, Lions. Lions got a rebound from that overtime loss to uh, Seattle. Uh, I like the Falcons. I've said the Falcons are going to win the NFC South. I like the Falcons a lot. Falcons minus th- or uh, sorry, Lions minus three at Ford Field. Who you like? I'll take Detroit. Um, I think they'll rebound after the Seattle game. Uh, Atlanta on the road for the first time. We'll see how they adapt. Um, but I, look, I think Detroit's going to be pretty special this year, and they get the dub. All right, Saints Packers. Interesting matchup. Uh, Green Bay choked off a lead last week versus Atlanta. Um, Jordan Love's playing well. Three touchdowns in the first two weeks. Uh, com- uh, six touchdowns combined. I thought he's playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL, which is crazy. Uh, Saints 2-0, and but you can see the two wins they've had have really been because uh, of the defense. Uh, in Green Bay, Matt, who you like? I'm going to take the Packers, but the Saints could win because their defense is outstanding. But I agree with you wholeheartedly. Carr's washed. He can't play anymore. So... I mean, the game the other night watching Carolina and New Orleans play on, at quarterback was oh, horrible. Oh, God. It's a 15-year vet that looks like a rookie and a rookie who looks like he should be in high school. So so you like Green like, Bay minus one and a half. Pick them game. I'll just say Green Bay straight. I mean, I, I think that they win the game. But New Orleans defense, Davis, Granderson, Cam Jordan, like uh, the dude who's the corner uh, – from Ohio State, damn it, can't remember his name. But they got dudes, bro, and they're really, All right, let's really. Let's go really with your Broncos. Your Broncos are in two. This is my upset pick alert of the week. I have yeah, the Broncos I'm actually pick. stunning the Dolphins. I got the I got the Broncos stunning the Dolphins in Miami, eighty five degrees. Sean Payton owns Vic Fangio. People don't really look at the matchups. Uh, they shouldn't have lost last week, but I, I like the Broncos to bounce back against a loaded Dolphin team that scores a lot of points. I think that uh, I think that they do uh, do well this week and get it done. No way Sean Payne goes 0-3, right? Well, I mean, he could. The team is not as good as people think. I but I will say this. The problem is the coaching. It's not the players right now. Russell Wilson's playing in the system. He's not confronting Sean Payton at halftime. He's just a yes man which is a different problem and a different conversation. Sean Payton surrounding himself with yes men. Davis Webb, Shreve, like guys that have never had jobs that only work for him so he can control everything. And that's fine. He's the head coach. But what I am saying is I picked the Broncos to win also on the money line. I took them, I took it. And I, I think that this is an opportunity for them with backs against the wall to go change the narrative. And I've seen them do this before many times. And I think that Denver's in a very good situation right now because everybody's picking against them. They got nothing to lose. You can just go out and play free, and it may force Sean Payton into changing. So week one, 35 runs or 35 passes, 20 runs. They averaged five yards carry. They lost by a point. Week two, they're and they're up at halftime in both of these games, by the way. Week two, they're they're up 21 to three. They make no halftime adjustments and just start throwing the ball over the field, which leads to picks and pressures and three and outs. They have 36 passes and 20 runs or something like that. So they've, Sean Payton has 
brought in all these blocking tight ends. They signed McGlinchey. They signed Powers. They essentially said they got a Michael Burton, a fullback. They kept Nate Atkins instead of Albert Ovalwegli, Con, whatever Alberto. And now the the tight end uh, Dolchitz is hurt, so they don't have a receiving weapon at tight end. Judy's hurt. Sutton is washed. Their best two receivers are Mims and Johnson. They didn't even play last week. Mims had a touchdown and a 40-yard catch. He had 16 snaps. Judy had six catches or something for 60 yards, or maybe that was Sutton. But both of them had triple the amount of reps and, like, not even close to the amount of production. McLaughlin, the kid that they kept the running back out of the backfield, like the Darren Sproles guy, he got one carry – or two carries. One of them was a 12-yard touchdown on like a gator pitch with down, 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 and out. And he just bursted through the hole, finished the block, and then Sean Payton was like, oh, you're doing too good. Get the fuck out. So, like, I don't understand what Sean Payton's doing. And he's such a good coach that it's really, like, bothering me because I can understand this if this was fuckboy Nathaniel Hackett. That's what he does. He makes stupid decisions. We got to count down the play clock and shit when he's on the field. But... Sean Payton got traded for and came here to Denver with all this control because he's not supposed to do stupid shit like this. He's not supposed to put himself in position to get beat. And I, I would hope that now his back's against the wall so much and he knows Vic Fangio so well that they can use this game as a springboard to take him off. Because if they go down 0-3, they'll probably beat Chicago next year. So they're one or next week they're one and three. Then they have the Jets. In, in mile high, and then it's a gauntlet. They got to play the Chiefs twice. They got to play the Chargers twice. They got the Patriots in there. They got some good ass teams that they got to beat. And I, I don't know, man. This schedule is daunting. So two more team, two more picks. Let's pick two more for these guys. Are interesting ones. Chargers, Vikings, Battle of Owen twos in Ooh. Minneapolis. Uh, who you got in that one? Minnesota minus one is the is the line. Oh, I'll, I'll take. Uh, I'll take uh, uh, the Chargers. And I, look, Minnesota's got a real problem stopping the run. They've had 10 days because they played Thursday night, but I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, if I'm Austin Eckler on that big offensive line, I am ready to go. Like, they just gave up 200 yards on the ground plus. Um, if I'm, you know, thinking about this game from a perspective of defense, it's going to be about pressure and turnovers. You know, Morgan Fox is a, is a great defensive lineman for the Chargers and one of my guys. and. We were talking earlier this week, and he was just excited about the opportunity to go against a team where there's opportunities for pressure and sacks because they're in so much empty and in 10 personnel, two by two, three by one. And they always release the back. He very rarely stays in the block. So they put so much onus on Kirk Cousins to get rid of the ball quickly that D linemen can get their hands up and tip, pick them. And they also can just inside move all day and get to the queue. And Minnesota was so still? Go with the Chargers. What? You like him without Eckler? He's not going. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, the, the whatever back they have back there, he'll be fine. The Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Uh, All right, the last game. We got to get your take on this one. Um, Patriots Jets in East Rutherford. Um, a big game for both, man. This might be the most important game on the slate, in my opinion, because Belichick's never been zero three. The Jets are high expectations. Now the Mormon Milf Hunter may be on the chopping block. They may be trying to grab a QB. And in, in latest news, if you didn't hear about this, uh, the Jets went after this guy, Chad Henney. Uh, Chad Henney said, I'm not interested. Thank you, but no thank you. Um, so 
I like Chad Henney. He did a lot of good things as a backup role in Kansas City. Uh, I think he looked at Nathaniel Hackett and said, nah, I'm good. It's not Andy Reid. I'm staying away. Um, where are you at with the Jets in this pick? Where Pick the game first and then tell me what are the Jets going to do at quarterback? Yeah, I'm not picking the Patriots. This is the Jets' day on Sunday. I don't know what the hell they're going to do at quarterback, though. I mean, I'd like to think Aaron Rodgers comes back next year and he's good, but he's old, and that's a, that's a tough task. Just – They've got to find a way for Zach Wilson to stop beating himself. Like, your defense and your running game is so good. Dallas ate them alive. But you know what? I think they're going to do that to everybody they play. And I understand that they're trying to, like, kick the tires and find a backup quarterback. That They need to go straight, like, Tyson. They need to call the Saints and try and get Tyson Hill. Or they need to go, like – find this uh, whoever they can on their own roster and their own Rolodex. They can throw it a little bit, but you can just line up in 21 or 21, 22, 13, 12, and just hammer the rock and get four yards of carry and play good defense and win like the Broncos did with Tim Tebow back in the day. That's what they need to do now. They need to stop trying to turn Wilson into something he ain't. I got another interesting take. Um, the wideouts they have and the – and the the explosion and the and the explosiveness at, at, on the perimeter that they have in, in Wilson, um, you know, bringing those guys over with Aaron, they got a pretty damn good wideout core. Um, why not go after a guy that's maybe interesting? Matt, it goes completely against your philosophy you just mentioned with Taysom Hill, but a guy on the same roster, Jameis Winston, who has yeah, a fucking yeah. big arm that could be perfect, bro. It out. Yeah. Let's get the ball. Let's threaten these guys deep and get oh, guys out there so we can run the yeah. ball. Bro, I, I would take Jameis over over the Manhattan Milf Hunter ten times and twice on Sundays. So. Jameis, the thing about Jameis, he makes every uh, Jameis, he makes every single fucking throw. It just that sometimes he makes yeah. some dumb well, decisions, of course. But he's a fucking he's of, a goober. Uh, you know ability. I mean, he's a he's a goober, but at the same time, I really kind of respect the kid, bro. He's been through a lot of shit. And I watched him the other night. Every single fucking guy that walked in, he shook their hands, dapped them up, gave them love, the support staff. I know that to the person out there who hates themselves, they're going to hate that. This is like attention-seeking. Would he do that without the camera on? Yeah, he'd probably do it without the camera on, too. He probably he always does it, yeah. That's him. They just happen to catch it. So, again, I'm sorry that so many people hate themselves and they got to turn it on people who are trying to better, but – I that is a fucking great idea. Like if I'm the Jets, I am absolutely picking up the phone to New Orleans and saying, yo, how do we get Jameis Winston on this roster and start him immediately? You put Jameis Winston with the Jets and he doesn't throw 35 picks. He gives you 15 and, and, and 40 touchdowns, which we've seen him do. The Jets are a playoff contender again. Like they've got a real shot. So JB, that's a that's some good shit, dude. I like that idea. I, I think you would just be the reason I say James Winston is because I'll take the picks if I could fucking get the big time hit with Wilson and get these guys motivated again. Because you know, White House play, White House, let me be honest, White House could give a fuck less about an interception being thrown if they're getting the ball targeted and they're getting big plays. They'll be like, man, keep throwing it in there. Fuck it. Brett Favre did it forever. Like, fuck it. And then think about how that opens up the run game even more. So now Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, the, That's what I'm saying. Like the defense has to respect the fact that Jameis could throw it 50 yards down the field. Now they, they can't put eight people in the box. 
Now the rushing lanes are opening up. It makes the whole game easier. And you could, and you don't have to – James doesn't have to go out there and throw 30, 40 times a game. You can keep it simple on Make him throw 25, you know, 25 times a game, 30 times, whatever. Keep it simple, a good balance. I, I, I think that would be a hell of a pickup. He's not playing I anyway. And then Chase Hill's playing playing more. So, so fuck it. Let's get somebody for him. Like, who? Yep. Before you leave, Matt, who can the Saints get from the Jets that could help them? Um, they'll keep the Mormon Mill Fund. There won't be a swap for that. But it, but get Jameis Winston. Could you see him giving up? I don't know a a, a, a lower end tight wide out or a tight end because that same thing the wide out maybe to go along with uh, like, a lot. We've got some pass rusher too. Maybe send him a pass rusher and like a fifth rounder. Yeah. See if you can get it done for draft picks. See if you can just give him like a. A third and a fifth, or like a second and a sixth, or something. Maybe a D lineman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got some depth on defense, but so does New Orleans. You know, it's it's pretty. It's a very interesting uh, situation. But I I hope that they make a move because if they don't, they're not. They can't compete, dog. It just can't. It's not gonna happen. So, right. Sorry, shit. I- Hey, Matt, appreciate you, man. It's fi- it's Fired Up Friday. We'll see you Monday after the slate, and uh, we'll get after it on Monday and break this thing down with Eric Weddle and uh, hopefully get after some games. Hopefully some people win some money, and hopefully you go get a 6-0 Academy bag today. Follow him on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and get Matt's bags. They're on 6-0 Academy. 6-0 Equipment. 6-0 Equipment.com. 6-0 Equipment.com. Check it out. What's up, Matt? Hey, great week, guys. Great show. You guys enjoy your weekend. Be safe. And uh, we'll be back at it Monday, boys. Yes, sir. Matt, Good luck it. to your buffs this weekend. Good luck to your buffs. Yeah, thank you, my man. Yes, sir. All right, Matt. Peace. 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 Um, Woo! I got a new segment for you, Mix Many, that I haven't even told you about. I didn't even want to tell you about. You, you called me the pressure the on. What, what you got? Like, what you got? I want to bring up, I, you know how Smitty be throwing segments at me and shit, and he don't let me know? I got a segment for him today. You know what it's called? What? Hey, hey Ethan, do we, got the, do we got the thing? Let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Before I say something, let me see if I got it. Let me see if Ethan's got it done yet. Let's go to JV, boy. He be clowning. He never know what, he, what is up his sleeve, boy. What he? Oh, I don't do? see Ethan has it yet. Ethan, oh, I got it. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes, yes. Caught you slipping. Caught you lacking. Hit that like button, y'all. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Become a member if you haven't become a member yet. I'm not going to tell Big City. I'm going to tell you after the commercial break because I got a hell. I got a fired up one. It's going to be nice. I think the fans are going to like it. I'll, I'll tell you what the name's going to be. All right. I, I, Ethan was going to do a graphic for me last minute to help me out. So he's, he's going to try to get that done. We got time. Um, it's called Surprise, Surprise. Ooh, we. I like that. I'm a little nervous, though. I don't surprise, know what to say. Surprise. Surprise would be a good thing. It'd be a bad thing. I don't know what that means right there, but you got to stay tuned after the break to find out. So, hey, man, we going to all be surprised, chat, me included. Surprise. Can't wait. We'll be back in four minutes. Peace. And now these stadiums are going to turf. And I'll give you two quick stories. One quick story about, uh, you know, when I went back to the Rams after two years, uh, you know, three of the four playoff games were played on turf. In each of those games, I had a soft tissue injury where uh, I either pulled a hamstring or groin in those three games. The only game that I got through it and played without any pain or any residual effects from playing on turf was in Tampa where we played on grass. And 
you know, mind you, that that could be because, you know, I hadn't been training. I hadn't been running. But for me to get through an entire game with no soft tissue injury, uh, one of the four games uh, shows you a lot of just a normal dude uh, coming off the streets, let alone a guy who'd been training for year round to go play. So, I mean, I would have days after a game on turf where I couldn't move. You know, even in my prime where I was feeling good, the top tip shop shape I've ever been in, I couldn't move for days. Even after ice bath, huh? Even after all that, just because of the joint pain, the injuries you get uh, from playing on that hard stuff. I mean, I even got I even got MRSA in my elbow from the turf. Yep. Because of all the crazy stuff that gets. The cherry burns, right? The cherries and the yes. infection, the staff. Yeah. So, uh, if a player says they prefer turf, they're blatantly lying, or they're lying to the public because I I don't think there's one dude that would say they'd rather play on turf than grass. Now, mind you, the training has changed, the nutrition has changed, the workouts have changed, the accountability of getting your body right and working out and rehabbing has changed. So. That does have an effect on it. It's not just the turf, but uh, the turf does it, – it's not good for the players, bottom line. We don't know the specifics of where Rogers tore his, but it's almost always at the watershed area, which is about two you know, two thumbnails up uh, from the, the heel where it attaches uh, to the heel. And um, that area has a very poor blood supply, which is why it doesn't heal, which is why it traditionally tears there. The speed bridge is a uh, newer technique that a lot of the foot and ankle surgeons are doing, usually insertional tears. Um, it, it, it's, it's essentially putting an internal brace and then tying it in and then bringing the two margins of the Achilles together. Um, it, is it So they're coming back faster than a traditional Achilles repair, which is usually like 12 months. Um, but we've seen guys come six-ish months. Elitrash, who's the team doc for the uh, the Rams and a bunch of other guys, um, did Cam Akers. He came back in the five and a half months, but he didn't look good at all, expectedly so. Um, and that's who Rogers went to. Uh, he probably had basically the same uh, type. It's a smaller insertion. It, he, it does a lot better. I'd probably give them six weeks and then you're going to hit them with a whole lot of uh, regenerative medicine options, your stem cell, your PRP, uh, you know, some of the guys are doing this in the OR and I would not be surprised if L trash did some in the OR, whether it's bone marrow or amniotic allograph or uh, PRP, which is from the blood um, that will just augment and help the healing. Uh, the issue Rogers is facing is a timing one. First of all, um, this is usually a, a minimum of six month recovery. Uh, he has four. Um, and he's 40. Not, not a traditional 40, but he's still 40. Um, and well, why does that matter? Well, you heal a lot better at 28 than you do at 21, which sounds kind of funny, but it's true. That's why you start seeing the guys uh, struggle at the latter half of their career before the beginning. Um, and our stem cell lines dramatically drop with each decade. So at 15, they're beautiful. At 25, they're still good, but they're not as good. 35, so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm back first, as always. <laughs> uh, 
Early bird gets the worm. Can't wait to wait. Can't wait to break this down. We got a, a new segment called Surprise, Surprise. And uh, I can't wait to introduce that to Big Smitty um, when he stopped bullshitting. But uh, I got another take for for uh, all you guys out there while we're waiting. Let me get rid of this. Uh, we got. I got another take. Hey, you, hey Jay, you like, we got a four-minute commercial and come back in two minutes. And then... <laughs> That was four minutes, 22 seconds. I, I, that wasn't four. That was three. That was three. That was three. But I'm hey, back now. Right. What's going on, man? You, you you threw out the little cliffhanger about this brand new segment. Surprise, surprise. I think myself in the chat, we want to know what's the surprise about. Like, I mean, don't, don't, don't talk about it. Be about it. What's going on? Surprise, surprise. Brought to you by Prize Picks. Oh, it's a great new segment I got right here, boy. I can't wait to fuck with uh, Smitty on this. Um, my bad, Ethan. That was me. Um, all right. Surprise, surprise, Big Smitty is this. I'm going to bring up a casual name or pitcher, and I'm going to give you a few different surprises, good, bad, or indifferent, and I want to get your take on it as well. All right? Okay. So – it could be a positive surprise, could be a bad one, and it could be something you never knew. So, I'm going to start off with Tua. Did you know? Surprise, surprise. That's his real name. Hey. I'm not going to lie. I actually saw this a few days ago, so I did know this surprise, JB. Yes, I did. All right, now let's go. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to give you my surprises on Tua. And you give me yours. Right now, surprise take, I'm surprised that he is looking as good as he is. I, I am surprised he's looking as good as he is. I'm still not totally sold on the intermediate route selection that he can throw in his arsenal. He likes the deep ball, but he's not really as accurate as people think on the deep ball. If you look at his yak yards, they are number one in the NFL right now. Uh, Tyreek Hill leads the league in and Waddle lead the league in yak yards. Um, but I am surprised that he's doing as well as he is. Not surprised. I'm not surprised that they're winning because when two is on the field, the Dolphins win football games. So that is what surprise, surprise really is right here. And uh, I want to get to you. You're surprised about Tua? Give me a surprise about Tua. No, nah, I like that, man. I, I'm surprised that he has the Dolphins looking like the best team in the AFC. Like, I, you are right. When he's on the field, they win. They play well. They, you know, they're always a competitor. But in my opinion, through these first couple of weeks, the Miami Dolphins look like the best team in the AFC. Over my prediction, the the, the, the Ravens, even though they're looking pretty good, the Chargers, who I'm, I'm high on, and, of, and even the Chiefs right now for all you Kansas City fans. So, I'm not surprised that they're playing well, but I'm surprised he has them looking like the best team uh, in the AFC. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised that, you know, that, you know, he, he's out here playing efficiently. He's not surprised that he's out here, you know, playing smart. That's what we've always seen from Tua, in my opinion. So, hey, big thing. first of all, does this, this see these casual stat fans? They don't know what coaching yak means. They look up the yak. And it, they think it means yard after catch. It doesn't mean yard after catch, you fucking idiot. Shut up, you casual stat dat fan. Stop trying to question me, motherfucker. 
it, it for us. But JB, real quick, in, in, in this fan's defense, I mean, yak literally does mean yards after catch. So like, no, it does explain, it. Explain, explain, explain what, where you're coming from, though. But I'm it saying means like, yard after completion. Yeah. So yard after catch is a whole other thing. Yak me. Some Patrick Mahomes last year led yard after catch or yard after completion. Meaning the ball's thrown lateral to a bubble screen to Tyreek Hill. The motherfucker takes it 90. All right. Yeah. Yard after completion means Tua throws a fucking 24 yard dig route on time. It's a completed football. He falls down or he gains yards, correct? Tua leads the league in yards after completion right now, meaning he's actually throwing the football in the teeth of the defense. He's actually throwing UFO routes, Big Smitty. I've never seen him throw UFOs. You know what UFO means? Fucking Finn boy. It means you fade out. That means it's a back shoulder ball on the hip. That means we're throwing back shoulder fade routes on time. Yards after completion. He leads the league in with, with Tyreek Hill. And fucking waddle, not yards after catch, because you've casual fanboys think yards after catch is everything you see on ESPN. It's not. Coaches have a different dialect and a different dictionary. Just so you know, you know what FBI means, Big Smitty? Football intelligence. Finboy thinks it means fucking Federal Bureau of Investigation. All right, so let me get to the next surprise, surprise, Big Smitty. C D Lamb. That's his real name. <laughs> Surprised by his real name and surprised what he's doing so far this season. What do you got first? I'll go next. I, I was surprised when I first saw this. Cedarian Lamb. Uh, I, I just always knew it as CD. I never even thought about BPS. it. BPS. I'm not surprised. BPS. I never, I've never Cedarian. I've never heard of Cedarian. That's one I've never heard of. So I am surprised by his name. Um, I, I'm not surprised by his game, though. I mean, CeeDee Lamb was a guy who was a monster in college, and we were expecting him to come out the gates rookie year and become a number one. I think it took a little bit of time for him to kind of get used to the NFL speed and kind of him and Dak be able to get that uh, that flow together. But now we're seeing it. He's comfortable, and he's looking like a true number one. So I'm not surprised by by his play at this point in his career. Surprised by his name? No. Surprised by his play? No. Um, surprised by him being inconsistent, dropping the football? No. That's what he is. He's inconsistent. Um, what I am surprised about is his leadership role that he has taken on, which a lot of people don't point out. And from a coach's optic, I am surprised that I am seeing him mature and grow in front of our very eyes. He's going to only have to do more so after the injury of Diggs at corner because now anytime the Cowboys face a team with two legit wideouts, you're going to have to score and outscore opponents. And C.D. Lamb is going to be that one common denominator that is going to uh, basically catapult the Cowboys over the hill or let them be inconsistent and fall like they have over the last several years. So that's my surprise, surprise take on C.D. Lamb. Surprise, surprise, Big Smitty. Devo Samuel's real name is Tyshawn Raekwon Samuel, number one. Surprised or not surprised? I Again, I was surprised. I knew his real name yeah, wasn't Devo. Yeah. I, I knew his real name wasn't Devo, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it would be something with it start with a D. I saw to see Tyshawn Raekwon Samuel uh, did throw me off. Uh, not surprised by anything else. Devo She said it's black people shit. Debo is a beast on the field. 
Debo, uh, every time he's healthy, he's out there, he's making plays, man. So I'm not surprised by anything he's doing on the field because he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's physical. He comes off like a defensive-minded player playing offense, which, again, as a former defensive tackle myself, I love it. He's a dog on the field. So I'm not surprised by anything on the field. I was a little bit surprised by his name. I thought his name would be like Darnell Samuel or something like that. Like, the, your name is Debo. I thought I'd just thought start with a D. You know, I'm simple. I don't know. Uh, I'm surprised that the targets he's getting at wide out are a little bit less than I thought. I'm not surprised at the fact that he's in the backfield and him and Tr Christian McCaffrey are dual rolling this thing. They're a dual headed monster in the backfield. So, so last night they put Christian out at wide out. They threw him a big third down. He caught it like a wide out. They had Debo in the backfield. Debo moved from the backfield to slot. They moved McCaffrey back to the backfield. Shanahan can do a lot of things that he has a lot of, toys we guys to call it we have a lot of toys at our disposal when we have multiple faceted guys like this um so i'm not surprised at all in the success they're having it 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 is surprising though that people really think that purdy's good enough to win a super bowl that is what's surprising and we're going to get to that next uh surprise surprise big smitty my compton homie uh grew up with his daddy coach played at long beach poly John Sherman Smith Schuster uh, is his name. Uh, are you surprised by that? No, nah, I mean I didn't know this, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, you, call, you call him? You call him? You call him a white boy? Nah, not at all, man. But John is a universal name, JB. John, no black Johns, white Johns. You surprised? You surprised by Spinny's face when I said that? Hispanic <laughs> Johns. John Sherman Smith Schuster is a long name. I'm not surprised by. It. I mean Juju, the name John. It makes sense to me. Um. That's what I already got for Juju. I'm going to be real with you. I haven't watched his brother really play <laughs> this year. I don't know what he's been doing, what's his stat line look like, respectfully. So right, that's all I got for you on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't watched his brother play. Uh, surprise, surprise. I am surprised at the downfall of my of my young brother right here. Uh, he is not looking good. He hasn't looked good in a few years. Uh, I think TikTok is, uh, surprised me more than his game. Um, and that is what's a – unfortunate we live in this society or in this era i guess not society we live in this era where i think other things are more important than actual football that's paying his salary i think that social media tiktok media is paying his salary too this man is making that, that's my point cool money TikTok, social media. podcast starting your own podcast you know that like we talked about it with 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 with, with uh michael parsons um we had that debate i really just think that there's so much going on now that people see all the money that they can make other ways and not get hit as hard, not play a violent sport and get away with just chilling, walking around, looking pretty. I think that's why there's a, that's a big problem with the demise of our game, but that's just me uh, on the Hill yelling. But I think that is really, really what it is. Um, man, it's a, a story. Juju was going to, was at Polly. I was a head coach at Cabrillo. Um, I think TJ, you in the chat, we heard him. We put him out as an out for an hour. We thought he had a major injury. They had to come get him off the field, you know, stretchered him off the whole deal. And it delayed the game. We lost to Polly six, nothing that year. Uh, they had Juju on one side. They had Biggie on the other. Who's in the NFL corner. They had Jack Jones. Who's with the Patriots on the other side. <laughs> like this motherfucker. Polly has always had NFL guys, but uh, in front of a, Loaded crowd, about 15,000 at Vet Stadium for a high school game in Cali is big news because California is not like the Midwest where they are, they're not bought in like, like you know, 
we're not bought in like you guys in, in high school. Um, but the next morning he had to go visit Ohio State because that's it was between SC and Ohio State. And he uh he still made the visit, dog. He it ended up being a major stinger. He went numb, thought it was neck injury, but we heard him and put him out, Big Smitty, and and he he looked the same right now as he does in high school. And uh we put him out and uh we lost six nothing, but but not surprised by his average play at wideout because I honestly thought he was a Hall of Fame NFL safety. And I don't believe I think we're we're mm. I think we've he's missed the buck on playing wideout. That's just my Hall God. of Fame safety. So he's playing the wrong position. I truly believe it. Oh, uh, if you had if you never saw him play safety, bro, he, he was different. There he should have played that. That's what he should have played, in my opinion. Yeah, that's crazy. I never I never knew that. Like I mean, he, I, so he was really more we were more worried about him on defense than 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 receiver. Um so what made, hold on. What, what what made SC switch his position? I don't understand. Or, or, or not switch, but what made them choose the receiver side over the him playing safety? That he was gonna sense. originally play both ways. He was officially he was gonna go to SC and play both ways uh with Sark and because uh, they took my receiver from Long Beach Cabrillo's Rashid Johnson. They took both of them. Uh he he decided. I remember when they broke the news. He was like, "I'm not gonna play defense no more" because he was playing defense early on in SC too. He was playing both ways, kind of like like Hunter, kind of like Hunter. And uh, I think people got in his head and was like, <clears throat> "You're gonna have longer career wideout." Blah 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 blah. More money, and, maybe. Yeah, he probably was thinking about the quarterbacks, and it, it looked good at first. His first what year or two with the Steelers when he was the number two guy behind AB. I was like, "Okay, Juju." But since then, it's been a downward spot. Man, that's crazy. I never knew that, man. That's some good insight, man. And my, hey, Juju, if you're listening, switch to safety. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it ain't too late. Why receiver ain't working out? You might have hey, some Juan Sanchez in the house. He was our kicker at Cabrillo that year. Damn, um, shout out to Juan. Shout out to Juan. I'm staying in touch. appreciate you. Surprise, surprise, Big Smitty. Holy shit, that's his name. DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. I'm surprised by this name. It makes sense, at least. The Kalen DK. But the Kalen Zekarius Metcalf? Yeah, that's a surprise right there, big fella. No wonder DK's always pissed off and mad and trying to bully somebody and hit somebody late. He probably was getting teased his whole damn life because of his name, the Kalen Zekarius Metcalf. If he was a battle rapper right now, I would tear his ass up. (laughs) Surprised by him not being a factor right now. That is my number one surprise, surprise. He's really done nothing this year for the Seahawks, but either as Lockett. So Lockett could be a surprise, surprise as well. And I'm 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 glad Geno Smith looked like Geno again from last year, last week versus Detroit. Um, I I I, he's gotta show up for for them to have even a shot at my prediction on getting out of the West. He's got to be DK Metcalf, not DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. I need DK back, dog. I need DK back, dog. He said right now you're playing like DeKalen. I need DK back. <laughs> I need DK back. Surprise, surprise. Uh, surprise, surprise. Last one. Justin Fields hugging his coach. Um, I'll let you say this one, JV. <laughs> Oh, it's a soft, weak hug, by the way. Um, you surprised, surprised about this whole thing? No, I ain't doing it for the media. Hey, a coach will on him. A coach will hug you right right here and, and today and cut you tomorrow. 
And that's what they what they mess around and do. You'll be on the bench here soon, Justin Fields. I get they're doing it for the media because the, the interview. They want to make sure everybody that he didn't mean anything negative and they're cool, whatever. Like it just it's something fun, I guess, to do. But at the end of the day, none of that shit matters. It's a business. Go out there and play good, or you're gonna be on the bench, whether he hugs you or not. He'll hug you on the sideline. Yeah, I, I agree. I it's interesting. I don't know. Um Man, oh man, oh man. It's it's fucked up. You know what? He is what he is. Like, this is the hip hop era of NFL football. And I think everything's about clicks and likes. And the only agree, you know, Erlacher and I talk, the thing about it is like, look, call him out in person with your teammates and have a real debate privately at the house, at the homies, at the crib where no one's filming it. No one's worried about clout. We're really about chasing this ring. Like, we're trying to get better as a team. Like like Brady said on the video earlier, like, dog, it's about the anger inside. You don't have to motherfuck somebody or fight somebody. But the inside anger, I don't believe they have it anymore. I don't believe any of these guys have it. Quarterbacks, defensive players, offensive players, I don't believe anybody has the inner fire from just one trigger word. But social media play guys do it all the time. Trigger words get these fucking guys on Twitter going like crazy, right? You say one thing and they're gonna pull up everything you've ever said, but they'll never show everything you were right about, only the wrong shit. Same thing. I, I don't think these guys have that burning desire to be great anymore. I think I some think- guys do though. I, mean, I don't I don't want I, I don't want to ever talk yeah. in totality and say none of these guys or all of these guys. I think there's still some guys out there that still really want Patrick Mahomes. No matter what we say, that man wants to win. He wants to be great. He wants to get as many rings as he possibly he possibly can. Like th- there are there are cats out there. That I think Fred Warner. He 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 wants to be great. He goes out there and plays snap for snap. Micah Parsons wants to be great. So there, I mean, it is a long list. Of, I'm just naming a few off the top of the head, but um, but I do agree with Tom Brady. I just think because of so many other factors, whether it's social media access, the money guys are making, whatever the case may be. You have a lot of guys that are playing the sport because of what it can do for them and not because they love the game where I'm sure that happened back in the days, but I don't, it, it, it didn't feel like it happened at the same clip as it's happening now. Or maybe we're, we just have so much access to these guys' lives, you know, 24-7 because of social media and, and people having their phones out that maybe it just feels different. Like maybe it's not that much to say. I'm sure there were some guys in the nineties and shit who didn't really love football like that, but they're like, fuck, I got to take care of my family and I'm pretty good at it. So let me make some money. So I don't know, man, it's, it's hard to judge. It's hard to say exactly for sure. I just think when, when you have access to everything, we can, we can see everything. Imagine somebody just following you around with a camera, JB, damn near all day. I mean, you kind of did it before last chance. You. Yeah, I, mean. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and hold on. And you see, and let's be real. You see what happened. The fucking world was turned against you, and they think that you're just some asshole. But we talk all the time. That's not true. So I'm saying the same way that you got misclassified. I think sometimes we do in the media, we do the same thing towards players because of one couple clips here and there, or you hear one storyline about a guy, or someone we know doesn't like this guy, so we disagree with them. Oh, he said he said he's a slap dick, so he's a slap dick. Well, no, let's let's get our own opinion. Let's let let's meet them ourselves, and maybe we have a different view on them. So. It's just so much that goes into it. That's why I'm always kind of like hesitant before I just go all the way in if I don't have my own personal experience with something or somebody. Uh, but I do feel Tom Brady to an extent. This with all the 
access and all the money going on right now from doing other things, it is you do see more players not caring as much as they seemed to care back in the day because they had to. But I mean, but it's it goes back to brass tacks, Smitty. If if I give you a hundred million dollars and I only tell you 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 only got to show up twice a week, you're not gonna take that job as serious as you would if I said I'll give you a hundred million dollars, but I need you to fucking do the produce. I need you to host the show. I need you to fucking mop the floor. I need you to fucking clean the house. You're it, it's you're taking it a whole nother direction. I, if you give 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 for no expectation in return, you're gonna get mediocre product. And that's what we're seeing. I'm just telling you. That's just my – I'm going to stay with that. I'm going to stand on that hill forever. I think we have mediocre mediocre product because of the anointing that's happening, the enabled, and the instant gratification that these guys are receiving without really putting any true longevity work. Now, Fred Warner, I'm a right I – like, I like that cat. I think that dude has earned it. He's deserved it. He's uh, He's been doing it. Um. There's guys. You're right. There's guys. I'm not. When I say it in totality, of course, there's guys out there that I do believe in. I got players out there that are my own kids. Um, but at the same time, the majority is what we're witnessing every single Thursday, Monday, and Sunday, Smitty. Like that's the majority. The majority is average quarterback play or below average, average football or below average. We're not really seeing that great game. We saw a few second halves the other night. We, You and I talked about last Sunday, week two. But we're headed into week three now, and we should be starting to see a significant climb from week one. I think this Sunday we will see that. I think this is the weekend. If, if we don't, I'll come here on Monday, and, I, and I'll eat crow. I'll be like, you know what, JB? I don't know what's going on. You right. I think this is the weekend we're, we're going to see that next level of like, okay, here we go. Here we go. I think we're going to see a lot of – now, I'm not saying the games itself is going, are going to be great in terms of, like, the scoreboard. I'm saying when, we're, when you're watching the tape, you're going to see great play by the great players. The players that we look at who's supposed to be high level, I think we're going to see high level play this weekend. That's my prediction. I think all the little rust from not playing preseason is out the way now going into week three, and I think we're going to see that. And I still think players go out here and play hard for the most part because at the end of the day, even if you don't love the game, everybody loves money. And a lot of these guys are playing for the first big contract, their second contract. They're, 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 this might be their last year of the rookie deal. So either you don't love the game, you love money, and you love what, what it can do for your family. So at bare, if somebody came and told us, JB, all right, y'all, Big Smitty, JB, this football season is the season you guys have to prove that this is the best sports show on the internet. If you execute it at a high level, we got a seven-figure deal coming for you. Me and you, we might not love waking up early. We might not love putting together the rundown. We might not love a lot of things that, that, that we got to do for this show. But if a motherfucker told us that and we knew seven figures was on the table, best believe we're going to put that A game. I mean, but here's the difference between me and most cats you probably know or come across. I already have been told that. In my mind, if I don't approach this day and this show like right. I've been told that, I'm going to fail anyway. Right. So that's just like when I was a coach, they said I couldn't recruit Jermaine Johnson. Really? Th that's what it is. Like, I'm already telling myself to, that I'm going to do this because I know that is what the outcome will be. At the end of the day, though, if you go in hoping and wishing and shitting in one hand and wishing in the other one, you're going to continue to be you're going to continue to be disappointed at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So I attack it like that's been told to us already. And 
I got to do a him versus him because I've been taking so much heat on social media. And I love Bart Scott. I'm trying to get Bart on the show. Uh, he he lit their asses up today on Get Up this morning. Um, as I'm doing the show in the morning, I got it on behind me. I got to get up on. And Bart Scott was going off on Greeny and, all, and, and, and the old, what's his name, the GM. Uh, there used to be a GM on the show. Um, so I got to do a him versus him real quick. Him versus him, breaking news. Smitty, I know who you're going with, and I can't wait to fucking just dissect this because I'm really not talking to you. I'm talking to the world. Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones? Him versus him. It's funny you said that, man. I'm literally about to make a post right now for, for my, my or next break for my job. I did this question with the staff uh, the other day. Um, him versus yeah, him. Brock Scott by chance and what he did before you, you said, said what? Have you heard Bart Scott by chance and what he said today? I did not hear what Bart Scott said. I what, you want to know what he said first, or you want to give your take first? I'm going to give my take first because I don't want to be, like, you know what I mean, persuaded one way or another. So the way I'm going to answer this question is, is like, all right, we don't know we don't know who, who, who my teammates are. We don't, we're, we're building a team. I got to pick between these two quarterbacks. I'm, hmm, I think I'm going to go with Daniel Jones, surprisingly. Because I think Daniel Jones has more overall ability. Now, I do think Brock Purdy is playing better within his system than what Daniel Jones is currently playing within his system. But, but I do think Purdy, Daniel Jones put, is better than Brock Purdy, Purdy overall. Put Purdy in New York. I, and, I, and I think it's going to be bad. Purdy in New York is getting benched today for fucking Tyrod Taylor. Just, that's what I'm saying. System matters. System or whoever matters. the back. I think Tyrod's in New York. Whoever the backup is with the Jets. Whoever the backup in the right. Giants is. You're getting benched today if you're fucking Brock Purdy in New York. Because he can't run and extend plays like Daniel Jones, which I hate because, obviously, I want to see you throw the ball on time and understand where you're going with the football. But I'm glad you said that. I agree. Bart Scott said the same thing. I'm taking mm -hmm. Daniel Jones every single day, all day, every day. The fact of the matter is you common casuals out there have not a clue about the difference in O-line, running back, wide out, <laughs> and defense on the Niners' side. You know how many short fields Brock Purdy gets because the defense has turned the ball over, short field on a punt return, or just flipped the field? Do you know how many fucking short fields? You know how many? Do you know they had the ball for 40 minutes last night? 40 minutes, Big Smitty, versus 20 minutes. Daniel Jones had the ball 20 minutes, and we expect him to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> and we're so worried about – we're so quick to throw these dudes under the bus, but it's crazy how we'll anoint – we'll anoint or go after someone for the exact same reasons. It's crazy to me. Like, it's crazy when people bring up – when someone struggles, their O-line's horrible. Blah, blah, blah. Joe Burrow had the worst fucking O-line in football the year he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But we don't want to bring that up. So then we talk about Daniel Jones. Oh, Daniel Jones can't do that. Daniel Jones has the worst O-line in football last year with the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. Both teams had horrible O-lines. Both teams had horrible wide receivers. You can argue the Giants and the Bears had the number one and two worst O-line and worst wideout combination in football. I thought they would make a big leap this year because of the addition of Waller, because of the addition of the receivers the Giants made, because of the O-line additions. But they had three starters out last night, once again, on a 
they played three games, Big Smitty, in 13 days. Let's calm down. They played two number one defenses in the NFL. You can argue about the season's end. It could be the Niners. It could be the Cowboys. Who knows who's got the best defense? And they've traveled to the West Coast twice in those two 13 days. I'm not worried yet. I'm not going to panic button it yet. I'm not really tripping. But put Brock Purdy on the Giants. Put Brock Purdy on the Jets right now with no understanding of what's going on. I, I don't see it. Brock Purdy's not the guy. I think he's in a perfect fit. He's a guy that is nickel and diamond you with great skill players like Debo and McCaffrey, who are utility guys. I always say it. They don't have the big six, four wide out on the edge. They got Kittle and great utility guys. And he is doing a Shanahan's doing a Andy Reed simulance on offense. He's doing a lot of things that Andy Reed did with what I say gimmicky, right? And listen, when I say gimmicky, Smitty, to all these naysayers, that's not clowning. That's not talking shit. That's not saying you're a gimmick. It, you're running, you're putting them in a gimmicky system to gimmick the defense because of the tools you have on offense. So you can't get a bead on Debo at back, Debo in the slot, McCaffrey at back, McCaffrey at the slot. It's not gimmick, meaning you're a gimmick quarterback, you're shitty. No, it means I have to devise a system around the talent that I have as a coach to have the most right. success on the football field. That's what it means. I've devised gimmicky systems for a long time. Right. But I have to adhere to my talent level. Right. Shanahan's doing something right out of Andy Reid's book. They're doing it in maneuvering personnel groupings, putting guys in slots, putting guys in the backfield. Now I have to know, am I, am I, am I combo coveraging McCaffrey in the slot and Debo in the backfield? Am I carrying and catching Meaning I'm going to run with number one vertical, and then as soon as I know the back's in the flat, I'm triggering and coming downhill and playing the flat, and then I got a safety triggering over to the hash. Are we doing these things on defense now? Like, Purdy's not a guy, in my opinion, that's going to win a Super Bowl. I think Shanahan always, always, um, always had great talent and great success early in the seasons. He just doesn't – he's not going to get it done later on. When the book gets full, Purdy's is filling up. Jalen Hurts is getting full. I told you that before the season. Jalen doesn't look like as good as he did last year. Let's just be real. And I'm telling you guys, the book matters in the NFL. Defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars to study that guy. Right. I, I would be shocked if Purdy's the guy to lead them to a big-time – victory in the playoffs or a Super Bowl victory. I just don't see it. By the way, somebody said, I've never explained the gimmick system with the Chiefs, but I did it with the Niners just now. Actually, I've been on major radio shows, and I've literally explained it to a T about why I call it gimmicky. So shut the hell up. All right. Hey, <laughs> real quick, though, I got a little breaking news I want to ask you. Yes, sir. Lincoln Riley at USC right here in the backyard. Um I don't know if you saw this, but basically he people are calling him a communist dictator. He restricted the free press. Uh, uh, Orange County Register reporter named Luca Evans restricted uh, him from an article that he wrote last Thursday about Quentin Joyner. Um, USC is a private institution, receives federal funding, and Riley acted as an employee of the university. 
according to quote-unquote. Riley might be the quarterback whisperer and be able to stifle defenses with his passing game, but USC should not let Riley anywhere near the law school or the journalism school. This is an article I'm reading you. He violated the very spirit of what the Constitution was intended to provide, a free and undisturbed press. Um, so basically, he stopped this guy from coming on campus and writing articles about USC football. Um, unprecedented, by the way. Unprecedented. Um, the reporter was reinstated early yesterday, Smitty, and was given back his privilege of covering the Trojans, a beat that he was just getting used to after covering preps at the L.A. Times high school level. So interesting. I wonder. I, I would. I would want to know why he would want to uh, restrict him. I, I, my assumption would be this cat must have been writing some things about Lincoln Riley or the team that you know he doesn't like, or that was Pete, distracting. Pete, or Pete Carroll did it a lot, Big Smitty. Pete Carroll did it a lot because of the fact that back in the day, Pete Carroll wouldn't didn't want you to know about personnel. He didn't want you to know about certain things. Mm. I hate the press. I'm be honest. Press came after me for for anything. The thing about the press is it's irresponsible reporting at its finest. They don't do any research. I don't know if you saw Dave Portnoy go after the Washington Post lady, called her up and kind of got on the offensive and got was proactive instead of reactive, and it basically shut it down. The Washington Press was trying to cancel culture Dave Portnoy event by the I think it's called the One Bite, which is he does this One Bite pizza uh, yeah. reaction thing. He got on the offensive. He got he got proactive. Shut her down. Uh, he's known to do that. Smart business. Uh, but a lot of people are scared to do that because of cancel. And then the lady lied straight on camera. She he he filmed it. He he recorded it. She got caught lying. He's like, well, when are you gonna call me? That's what I used to get all the time, Smitty. Oh, I was gonna call you, but you you didn't answer. No, you didn't. I don't have a call missed from you. Oh, we called the school phone. No, you didn't. Um, and I think there's too much irresponsible reporting out here. I agree. That a, a lady for the Washington Post, I mean, just think about it. She's also writing for about football plays and players and calling coaches and players either A, soft, B, cannibalistic, C, animals, D, whatever, because of a situation that one person went through. One, we had a bad apple and he, he had right. domestic violence charge or something like that. Then all football players are criminals and animals and fucking all, woo, woo, woo. That's what you see. So I, that's why I didn't like the media as far as reporters. And there's some good media and some bad media, but I do agree. That, like There's a lot of irresponsible media where it's like they will get a little bit of information about something. And instead of really doing the deep research and diving into it, they rather be first than being right. So they want to get the story up real quick. And then the editors, they don't, they do a poor job of like looking through it and vetting it out. And they just want to get the story out because they think that, you know, they got something that no one else has. And, and then in return, things like this happen where it's like, bro, you're wrong. This is inaccurate. It's not right. Um, and it puts a bad look on the guys and girls who actually do, take their time, put out good storylines that's accurate, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So I do – I feel it, man. If I was a head coach, I mean, shoot, I probably would, would consider it too. Like you said, one, from a strategy standpoint, you don't want to put out too much of what's going on. If a, if a player's limping at practice or hurt, you want to keep that in-house. Uh, but then also, if you got a, a media guy who's always bashing you, it's like, well, hell, I'm just keep you away from us then. You want to keep talking negative. So, no, nah, I definitely get that, JB, for sure. Hey, um, uh, Big Smitty, I got to ask you something. Um, 
I want to, I want you just to answer this question. What do I say about quarterback play in the NFL overall? That it's, it's, it's below mid and it's like, it's the worst it's probably ever been since you've been watching uh, watch football. I'm going to let you address this by the Smitty that Dick all the QBs he says suck, suck, but all the ones he says are good suck too. So he know he don't know what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he's, probably saying, he's probably saying that because, like, your the Burrow and Daniel Jones, whatever, you were, you know, high on them. And uh, he, isn't wrong. that a hypocritical statement? Don't uh, Don't they suck too? <laughs> you said you said quarterback as a whole. That's what you said. That's a whole. So wait up. You know? I say quarterbacks as a whole, even the good ones suck too. What the fuck are you talking about, D. Smitty? You just said I'm right by saying I'm wrong. You fucking moron. Let's bring in Jeff. Jeff Nadu in the house. What up? How you guys good. doing? Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, some people are calling me the greatest NFL handicapper in the business right now. You, you know I, that, I know. right? I, I Sean, Sean has been. I've just been raving about you over there on Sunday's the last chance Q. Uh, you got well, make me some money, man. Please, like it's college football Saturday, man. I am horrible at gambling, man. I always lose. Can you please, man? Can we go do some of these games that, that you feel high on Saturday? Because make me some money, please. I'm, I'm counting on you, Jeff. Well, you know, that's because I realized uh, when you were bringing up Ball State in week one, I realized you just bet with your heart, you know, you're. You're betting uh, shitty teams. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. So let me know, man. We got a big time college football Saturday, man. A lot of big time games, Jeff. We were talking about this with uh, Steve Kim, I think, yesterday. It's probably the best college football weekend we've had so far. Colorado, Oregon. We got Florida State playing Clemson. Ole Miss versus Alabama. I mean, let, let's start with Colorado versus Oregon uh, right there, Jeff. Who are you? It's a 21-point, I think, favorites are going to Oregon's uh, way. Who are you picking on now? When they, are, you think or, you think Colorado will cover, Oregon will cover? How are you feeling about that? I think um, when you finally look at what Colorado has played, what they faced, they've not faced a team with this type of offensive and defensive lines. I think Colorado will get theirs a little bit. But remember, Shadur Sanders being out, really hurts the offense more than the defense. They're already a bad defense. Uh, they're going to give Travis up a lot Hunter, of Travis Hunter. Yeah, Travis Hunter, I'm sorry. They already give up a lot of points. Um, but, you know, when you look back at some of the tape against Nebraska, even the first week against TCU, he seemingly, Hunter, was a, was a safety valve on a third and six uh, for uh, Shador Sanders. So I think him being out hurts. They still have some weapons, and they'll move the football. But – I think Oregon's legitimate. Bo Nix has been terrific so far. That's a great conference for quarterbacks, but Bo Nix has quietly uh, had no interceptions, thrown for almost 900 yards. I think Oregon approaches 50 in this game. And what you have to understand when you bet, and this is a good way if you're you're just starting out, you got to look at the line early because on Sunday and Monday when these lines come out, the only people betting are people like me and people smarter than me, right? And when you see a line go from 17 all the way to 20 right away, sharp money, smart money's coming in and taking Oregon, which is interesting is for the first three weeks, they've been taking Colorado. They're going against Colorado. I think Colorado gets uh, dusted here. Minus 21, Oregon, you're, you're going with that? Yeah, I, I think this is like a 52-28 type of game. I actually bet the over here. That was the play I actually made on this game. But 70? 70? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a little too low. I, I mean, Coach, you've seen Colorado. It's been made clear they can't stop anybody, 
regardless of who's playing. Um, they play very fast. Both teams will go up and down here. I like the over. I like that a lot, man. I like that. Another big time game, man. We got Alabama and Ole Miss. If I'm not mistaken, last time I checked, I think Bama was seven point favorites, I believe. Six um, and a half. Yeah, that, that feels a little too high, in my opinion. I mean, especially the way Bama's been looking. But maybe I'm tripping, man. Uh, Alive at six and a half right now, Alabama six and a half, and over under is 55 and a half. And see, that right there, what you just talked about, that's another way. you can, Look, when you bet sports, you have to look at the number. Now, in college, it's also about some of the players and coaches and stats and all that kind of stuff. But you had a number at seven and a half for Alabama. To bet the seven, not a six and a half. That's a huge move. That indicates that very smart people, the right side is likely Ole Miss. And what it shows me is Alabama has chronic issues. The quarterback play has not been good. This is the first time in a few years. It, it almost seems like back to the days of like Blake Sims and, and guys like that, where they just can't seem to find something at quarterback. And Ole Miss is legit, man. Jackson Dart's really good. They've got playmakers there. And it almost seems like Kiffin and Ole Miss are kind of approaching the level of what Alabama is. I don't think their defense is great. It's been just kind of an inconsistent year for Nick Saban. I feel like if you're going to give me seven points, even you know down to six and a half, I'd probably lean on the Rebels here. Um, I don't think Alabama – and, Coach, you, you could probably offer a better um, kind of thought on this than me, but their quarterback issues seem bad, man. We got Trent Richardson on every Thursday, Alabama legend, and he's like, man, I don't know. You know, it's a bad situation. Hopefully that Saban can adapt or die. I think he's starting to adapt and realizing the Deion Sanders model, and he's probably getting on McAfee on Thursdays now. He's starting to become more, uh, you know, social media savvy. I think he knows where the players lie. Uh, they lie with their phones in their beds 24-7. So I think that Saban's going to start to adapt or die because I don't see him going out like this. Uh, as far as I think they're going to be bad this year, I, I, I truly do. Uh, and then I think he'll get a quarterback next year, and I think he'll get a new offense coordinator next year. I mean, I think if Alabama will have a great year next year, I think this year he's learning that I got to adapt or die. There's you know? a there used to be a pretty large ceiling of Alabama over Ole Miss. Now it's starting to tighten. Where well, everybody. Miss yeah, all right. Yeah, everyone really. I mean, yeah. and now is Georgia seem to be the king in the SEC, or at least as of right now? Bama's still in the mix. I'm not like, sold on QB right now, Smitty. Right. Like, they didn't look very good last week at all. South Carolina was winning. But this, this number in this game is showing us that the bookmakers still believe Alabama is still Alabama. And I think right. it seems like they've not really caught up. I mean, last week, one of the bets I gave out that lost, I had a winning week, but one of the bets I gave out that lost was Alabama. I assumed they were going to bounce back and beat a really bad team. I thought Buckner was a good option in that Tommy Reese offense. But it seems like, and one of your comments is saying it, Tommy Reese might be the issue there. It also doesn't seem like Jalen Milrow can make certain throws. It's just a real mess. When you really got three is. quarterbacks, Jeff, means you don't have any. It, exactly. Um, That's a like good point. Flat out. I'm taking them straight up on a money line. I'm taking That's a great point. Yeah, I'm, great taking point. Win, I'm taking them to win the game. Uh, but here's the issue I have. Predecessor versus mentor, mentee versus whatever you want to call it. Uh, Saban owns his guys. He only lost for the third time ever to Sark this last year. Uh, last two weeks ago, but coach, those were way better Alabama teams. Oh, I know, I get it. You no, know? and, and that's streaks are meant to be mantras, uh, Jeff, over your 
like there's a psyche over Lane right now. I I, I can't beat Nick. I gotta try to. There's some, there's that psychological advantage Nick has over Lane. Um, and Lane has to understand he has never held Alabama under 35, 40 points in a game. Like their defense just can't show up versus Alabama. I do agree. I do not see those same playmakers on, on Alabama's offense. But for some reason, it seems that Alabama's offense gets rolling against Ole Miss every season. Whether it's a 59-57 shootout two years ago we saw or whether it's a 45-43 game we saw, I, I just don't know. But I'm, I'm going to take Ole Miss in, in a shootout. I think it's going to be mean, a, a 42-39 game. Let uh, me ask you, and, and, I, and I'll throw this to like Darnell, whoever. When was the last time, even as a very um, casual college football fan, where you couldn't name one skill player of Alabama? Because I, I don't – I mean, I'm not sure I can. Like, you, you had a Devontae Smith, Jamison Williams, you know, all, 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 Eddie – so many years you can name someone. A great running back they have. The portal, man. The portal's killing Alabama, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, nah, it is wild. It is wild. Now, I want to ask you – Before Smitty – I know Smitty has a, some more games for you. I just got to get your take on this game that we get looked over on this West Coast thing. West Coast football has been the best football all season long. Argue with me all you want. Pac-12 is the best conference in football this year. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I, I Utah, agree. Utah, U, UCLA, Utah. Big game on the West Coast this week. Chip yeah. Kelly has to get it done. He gets dominated in Utah every single season. I have a gut feeling that UCLA is going to come out of this one. Uh, I think the quarterback bug is going to bite Utah without Cam Rising for the third straight game. I think UCLA gets it done. Yeah, all, all year. I remember the first game. There was a thought that Cam Rising will play. He never turned up. And here we are in week four, and we still don't know if he's going to play. I think you're right, though, for me. It's time for Chip Kelly and UCLA to show up and win a football game. And we saw it with Texas. Could they go out and beat Alabama and be legitimate? And they did that. Now we can talk about them as legit. But again, I, UCLA's never done it. I think their defense is significantly better this year. It's hard to bet this game for me from a standpoint of betting my money on it because if Cam Rising plays, this is a totally different game to me. But Dante, if he does play, does it even go worse the other way? Maybe it's, maybe they're worse with Cam Rising because he ain't healthy. That, that That's possible. It, it might seem that he's probably not 100%. Dante Moore's been electric. Um, we don't really know what UCLA is because they haven't played anybody. Um, they're obviously going to turn this one up and look forward to it. Also, remember, kind of an underrated thing about this game, I don't mention this much, but going to Utah in November, late October is difficult. Going there September 22nd, yeah. not as difficult. And this is not as strong Utah team in the trenches defensively. I, I think I think they can be had. I agree. I think for me it's hard, though, because Chip Kelly is not – he's not actually grabbed these reins and, and, and won a game like this. But, yeah, I, I kind of like to say uh, – 60 degrees they're calling for in that Utah game. So it's not an not L.A. – not an L.A. game, but it's still 60 degrees. Go ahead, Smitty. Yeah, man, another big time game that I know I'm excited about. I think it might be a, a, a some somewhat of a sleeper because of, of the early loss to Duke, but uh, Clemson and Florida State, man. I know Florida State's. I think they're ranked top four right now, but I really, I think that's one of them games that Clemson is, wants to get back on the map and show them that we're still Clemson. Uh, how are you even betting on the game? I think the spread is like, was it minus? Is it minus two in favor of Florida State? It's something, yeah, really low. So I don't know. See? 
See, you made a point that that I think is is underrated in this that Clemson is a team that I thought could compete for a national title this year. I, I thought Klubnik with his own, this is his team. Dabo's kind of been out of the spotlight for a couple of years. Yeah. But you said it best. This is your opportunity in a conference that isn't great. We saw Florida State was tested last week by Boston College. This is your opportunity to get right back on a national stage at home with a better defense. Look, we obviously know Klubnik is not as good as Jordan Travis, but I think for me, I, I want to go with what I know. And as an underdog against ranked opponents, Dabo Sweeney just doesn't lose very often. I think he's covered about 75% of the games. He's very good in this kind of trend spot. I agree with you. I think, to me, the play is Clemson. I think they kind of show one last stand here and think, oh, here we go. Clemson's back, maybe. Mm. I'm taking Florida line? Blowout. I think for me, if uh, you 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 play the game, you should play the money line. The, the goal is to limit Darnell laying one ten, right? When you bet a game, let's say you bet a hundred dollars on a game, you got to lay one hundred and ten to bet the game. If I played a money line at a hundred dollars, now I'm getting a dollar ten back. You want to limit that because long term, you you will lose uh, with, with juice. You you got to limit that. So yeah, for me in this kind of game, I just look to play the plus one ten, plus one fifteen. Yes. Hey, uh, I like Florida State. Molly whopping Clemson this weekend. Here's the reason why. Hmm. They got away with what we call a coach's dream last week by knowing my players are going to be down to Boston College, getting out of there with a win when we shouldn't have won, and now my sole focus is on Clemson, who has dominated me over the last so many years. I'm going to come now out and show you that we are one of the most talented rosters in football. Jordan Travis has to show up and get on the Heisman radar, as everyone predicted he would be, for them to win today or uh, this weekend. And I don't believe Clemson's quarterback, Clay Kubnick, is the guy. I thought he, I think he's an overrated, overhyped kid. A uh, buddy of mine coached him in Texas and said he's got a lot of personal flaws as far as quarterback goes. We don't like as far as poison a pocket, as far as understanding certain things. And now it's showing up. I saw it in the bowl game last year. I saw it in the last few games last year. I called it on this show before the season started. And then the game one, he drops a donut against Duke. And he's starting to look like the guy I, I was told he is. I like Florida State this weekend and Jay Norvell getting it done. Or Mike Norvell. I like Mike Norvell getting it done and getting over the hump this week in a big way. See, I that's, think. And I'll tell you what, that's really good information. You, I want to give you some credit, JB. You, about a couple of weeks ago, mentioned Baylor and some of their issues that they have uh, internally with the coach there. That's some really good info. But I want to ask you real quick, random game. Duke is going on the road to play UConn this week. They're 21 and a half point favorites. They've got Notre Dame on deck. It's going to pour in Connecticut this week. You have to admit, JB, that's a, from a coaching standpoint, that's one of those spots that's tough to do, right? Duke. I watched this game only because I got a friend that's the head coach at UConn. Uh, the weather changed. It's going to be 75, no rain. Crazy, right? Are you sure about that? Because I know for me, I, I know here it's supposed to rain, and I know it's a, it's like a tropical storm. Yeah, it's, in, uh, it's, it's in East, East Hartford. It's supposed to be 74 degrees, no rain. But still, let me ask you, as regardless of weather, 21 and a half point favorite. You got Notre Dame on deck and you're not used to winning. Here, here's what's tough to do. I'm going to tell you right now what's going on. Jim came in and, and restructured and shocked a lot of people last year at UConn rebuilding that place in one year being pretty damn decent. 
Um, the portals depleted UConn in year two. He couldn't keep up with the Joneses at a UConn type of deal. UConn is horrific right now. They have no talent uh, compared to a Duke they who has – Duke, Duke could be argued. I could argue Duke has a better D line than Florida State and Clemson. That's how good Duke is. That's how fucking crazy for an academic school. For what he's done. Duke, Duke is legitimate with about six defensive players on the draft board right now. That's never happened at Duke. So I like Duke in a major way. I think it's a 35 point game. Wow. Imagine yeah. this real I mean, quick. Duke Duke is, yeah. Just for my own education, um, you were talking about this a little bit earlier, uh, I think with the first game. Talk about, like, what does it take for a point spread to truly shift from, you know, a, a six-point favorite down to, like, a five-point favorite within a day? Like, because to, to the common person who doesn't know a lot about gambling, it's like, all right, it's not a big deal. But it sounds like what you're saying, like, for a point spread to shift, that means there's a ton of money being poured right in order for that for that to happen. Well, the goal from every – like, if you have a game, Alabama Ole Miss, the goal of the book – Right, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetOnline, whatever. The goal of them is we want to get equal action on both sides because we are going to make money through the dollar ten I was talking to you about. Right. So let's say you have ten thousand on both sides. They're going to make eleven thousand on the losing end because they're just getting a guaranteed ten percent on all the losses. That's the goal. They want as much money as possible, and they obviously want the side that's got more money bet on it to lose. Right. Right. Now, in the case of what you're talking about. Early in the week, smart people that have been recognized and have been dotted as strong gamblers, winning gamblers long term, if they come in and they're all aligned on one side, that's going to move a number up. And it's all about when you look at a number, right? Now, when you're talking about the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. They're getting enough money on both sides. They're getting tons of money coming in. But if you see a game like Georgia Southern Ball State, Darnell, and you see a ton of smart people coming in and take on Ball State, you're going to either drop that number or raise that number. Now, there could just be situations like Colorado where everyone, regardless of smart, betting a public, stupid people, everybody's betting one side and the number's going to move. So it really all depends on stuff like that. But as a gambler, I'm looking at certain things on when the number's moving, when it's not moving. You know, like I said, Colorado Oregon is a great example. Someone said, Bet Colorado and don't think about it. So answer me this, whoever said that. Colorado is the biggest story in sports right now, arguably. Yeah. Yet they're three touchdown underdogs. That, to me, tells me all I need to know about it. This means they're likely going to get fucking slapped. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm on the smart side. I'm on the right side, generally. And a lot of time it'll work out more than ever. So, hey. no doubt. Um, Smitty, I got there's a, there's there's some, there's some key games um, that are that haven't been talked about that I'm that I'm want to get your take on that a lot of people probably aren't on a betting radar. Number one being again on the West Coast, I believe the winner of this game catapults itself into a possible playoff team. And yes, I'm saying it, possible playoff team. The loser of this game, although they may not lose another game is totally out of the playoff picture. That's how crazy it is because of the West Coast and East Coast bias in the in the polls and the poll the poll voters. And the Pac-12, frankly, has been horrible for the last fucking 10 years. So Oregon State, Washington State, um, I know Jeff's on top of it because he's a better, but 
A lot of people don't realize I've been saying how good Washington State is all year. I've been telling people how good Oregon State is all year. DJ has to show up in this type of game or Washington State could possibly boat race them. People don't realize how fucking good Washington State is. Um, the loser of this game's out of it. It just is what it is. Oregon State, Utah State, just I mean, Washington State just don't have sex appeal to the East Coast voters. They're not going to get back in the hunt. They'll drop out of the top 20. Um, who do you like in this game? And 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 I'm gonna be honest, it's gonna be a shootout. There's just no ifs and buts about it. I, I don't see this being a drag out defensive ball game when both teams are offensive head coaches, offensive tempo guys that run and sh- that move it around. Um, I just like this being a shootout. And the last time they played was 21, I believe. It was only it was only 24-7, but I don't see that being the, the case this weekend. I think we're getting a bargain. I think we're getting a bargain here, quite honestly. Because to me, if I look at both these teams, if you're gonna give me, I think Washington State, you can make the case they're the better team. And here's why. There's one reason why they have Cameron Ward and Oregon State has DJ Ulagalele. Regardless of what you think, Cameron Ward's a better player. And you're right, coach. It's time for DJ to step up. I don't know that he's capable. How many times did we ask him to step up at Clemson? He didn't step up. Now, you also look at the fact of they're at home. That's a tough place to go play. You're getting three points. You have a good defense. To me, in these kind of flip games, and when I say flip, just it could go either way. If you're going to give me a home team with a better quarterback and three points, and now mind you, this has come off three and a half and bent down to three. Key numbers are important in the NFL and college. Three, six, seven, ten, fourteen, twenty-one. 10, um, 14, I want three, three and a half in these kind of games field goal game. I think you're getting a better team here. It doesn't seem like a bigger right coach. This is a big game. You know, we don't think of these teams as we can compete at that level. Uh, they can now. I like Wazoo as well. Wazoo for the win. I love that, man. I love that. So if I'm trying to make some big money, let me ask you this real quick, Nadu. So let's say I- I'm a new better, right? It's my first time. I want to gamble a little bit of money, but I only have $50 to gamble. Mm-hmm. I want I, I need a part. I need a, a a damn near guaranteed parlay. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed, of course, but a parlay that I feel really good about. Walk me through based upon your experience. I got $50 to my name to bet. I need to win, Jeff. What's that parlay that you feel real good about this weekend? You know what I would tell you to do if you came to me and asked me what you would do? I'd be honest. I would take the $50. I would say, you know what? I'm not gambling because I'd rather burn it than bet it on a parlay. Go to the bar and, and try to get lucky and, and grab take a girl home. That's what I would do if I were you. Because you're you're more likely to have a good time with that than play a six. I mean, betting on parlays is ridiculously stupid. I'll continue to tell you. I, I think these betting companies have they're very smart because they're gonna entice people and say, look at what this one better did in India. He had a 12 team parlay. That was a five dollars and he won seven hundred thousand. It's I compare it to when I was a young kid. I was like 17, 18. I worked at a convenience store. It's one of the first jobs I ever had. And these old people would come in and I'd see them throughout the week spending five hundred dollars on lottery tickets. And the guy would come in on a Friday and say, I hit for for a hundred dollars. And I'm thinking to myself, how many times and how much did you spend to win a hundred? You're losing. You've long term lost. And when as a gambler, I would look back in my career and I'd think about how much money I wasted on parlays, you know, $20 here, $20, $30 there. 
and they add up. They don't win much. I can't tell you how many times I've hit a parlor in my life. It's not many. So I would advise. Now, we're for having fun, and you're telling me here's three games. I would stick to, as Coach talked about, finding, let's say, a favorite of seven points or less, right, betting them on the money line, maybe finding a dog you like. Like, for instance, you like you like Washington State. Yeah. Take them on the money line and then find two favorites you like. The problem with gamblers is they have this in their head that they're going to take $10 and turn it into a million. Go to any sports book in America and go to 10 people in line. They're all betting parlays. This is how I knew that I was I was the difference in this. I went to a sports book three years ago in Philadelphia, and I'm standing in line, and this guy turns over on me and says, who do you like tonight? I told him, I'm betting one game. He looks at me and says, you're betting one game. I said, "He's how are you going to make any money doing that? And I said, well, the goal is to win, and it's profit. I'm not worried about getting rich in one night. And I asked him, well, what do you like tonight? And he goes, well, he goes, I got nine teams, a 19 parlor. I said, I'm thinking in my head, like, most of the people in this line are doing that. And, and these books, these sports books, look at the buildings they're in. They're literally like gold. And billion, billions, and trillions. Yeah. Hey, Jim, I ain't going to lie. Hey. I've been that guy. I go to Bavada and I'm like, hey, I go to Bavada or whatever I do not. I'm like, you know what? It's $20. I don't need $20. That's the thing. Someone like yourself who doesn't bet much, you just have a good time. There's nothing wrong with it. But there are people regularly that will come on these types of of YouTube and things. And they'll try to push this nonsense out like it's how you should be gambling. And this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. I'm telling you, if you want to make money – this ain't the business to do it in. It's 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 hard. It's it's tough. But if we're having fun and, and you're someone like yourself, have at it. But I'm I not a have fun. I want to make that Jeff Nadu money. You be you've been but winning. See, but see, the thing is, I'm only like on a Sunday, like when I come home with coach, yeah. I might bet three or four games total. It's rare that I'm gonna go four and oh. So my goal is to go three and one. That's hard to do. There are some days where I'm just hoping to go two and two and not lose money. Because Mm. when I look at a 31-day calendar, if I can win 17 days, I'm going to make a little money. And in a course of 12 months, over the course of 12 months, it's trying to be profitable. It's not easy, man. Like, it's, it's... it's hard. You're just trying to. And, and you hard. never do parlay, so you always you pretty much damn near just individual games. There might be a, I might do a parlay once a year, mm. you know. Like I'll see four or five games that I really like. See, for me, you know what I grew up doing, and this is a bet that no book takes anymore. But it used to be a, a spot that I would like on Saturdays. I would find two games I liked, and there was a bet you could make called a reverse. A reverse is you start with a hundred dollars. Let's say if both games hit. You win 400, 100 to win 400 if both hit. If one lose and one wins, you lose 100 bucks. If both lose, you lose 200 bucks. So for me, it was just about finding two games. So let's say for 200 bucks, I get 800 on two bets. So I only need two games. But you have to remember, both lose, you lose double what you bet. It's like so double it's, either way. Either yeah. reverse and that was, the, that was the parlay that I wanted because I just needed two teams. So I'd find – you know, two banger favorites I like. So, for instance, tomorrow night, if I were to make a bet tomorrow night, I'm going to do something that works. And I know Coach will understand this. And if you're out in the West Coast, you get it. USC has fucking mollywopped every team they played. They just have. They've scored 56 or more in every game. And guess who they got on schedule tomorrow? 
Arizona State. Arizona State's not good. This is not a vintage, you know, Jalen Daniels-led team. This is a bad team. Number open, 31. It's not the 34 and a half. As long as it stays under 35, I have interest here. USC is going to score 50-plus. Do I think Arizona State can get to the 20s with Drew Pine, who's played 12 snaps this year, I believe? No. So I'm just going to go and find stuff that, to me as a – like, if I'm you, what do I know will probably happen? Do I think USC is going to come in and score 17 points? No. No, I don't. They're a good offense. They're going to put me in a position to win. Hey, let's talk about some games before we move to the NFL. I, I want to ask you a couple things, a couple games that, I'm, that, that are shockers possibilities all right upset alerts um Ooh. pittsburgh north carolina i do not like this game uh pittsburgh has to get off the snide so to speak after the getting beat in the backyard brawl last week this is an upset alert game for me i think narduzzi has to get pittsburgh to play for once um and I, I think they show up against a good North Carolina team, but North Carolina teams like this have also been able to shit the bed in the previous years and show us they lose a game that they shouldn't to a Syracuse or a Boston College. Do you see an alert here at all with Pittsburgh, North Carolina, UNC minus seven and a half in Pittsburgh, by the way? No, I don't. And there's two reasons why. I think the quarterback discrepancy here is so large, right? You have Drake May, who is quietly one of the best quarterbacks nobody talks about against a guy in Phil Jerkovich, who I remember two years ago when he was at BC, I heard all sorts of people saying, don't worry about where he plays. He's an NFL talent. He gets injured, broken hand. He hasn't been the same since. Last week against a bad West Virginia team, he was eight for 20. He had three interceptions. Wasn't good. Didn't throw for 100 yards in the game. Phil Jerkovich isn't good. He just isn't. This is a bad Pittsburgh team who didn't look good last week against a bad West Virginia team, didn't even score double-digit points. I just think these are teams going in opposite directions. And, you know, it's interesting. Shout out Mac Brown because you just talked about earlier a coach who – I mean, Mac Brown ain't with the times, man. Mac Brown – and look, look at Mac Brown. They, I mean, I'll tell you what. They beat up a good Minnesota team last week, man. That, that's a good That's a good defense. Drake May just dropped 31, no problem. Um, yeah, I, I think these teams are going in opposite directions. Probably. All right, um, fair take. Let me ask you, uh, any worry um, in University Park with Penn State, Iowa? Ooh. Well, this is a game where there will be rain. It's going to be ugly weather around here. Rain all day. And Iowa beat Penn State last time these two teams played. This is a better Iowa offense. Cade McNamara is the best quarterback they've had in a while there. Um but I've said before, I love Penn State, man. This, uh, I think this is a team we have to start talking about. I think you make thinks it's his best team in 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 uh, Franklin era. I mean, ask yourself this: outside of let's say Georgia, Washington, Penn State's been terrific. I mean, they've beaten every team they played see easily. Drew Aller's the best quarterback they've had there since Hackenberg, which was a while ago. They haven't had a lot of good quarterbacks over the years. I love their run game. I love their defense. Something tells me this is first to 20 wins. I think this is an ugly game, man. Ugly weather, good defenses. You know, I heard something about the Iowa coach. I don't know if you've heard this. Do you know the coach is his son, right? Brian Ferentz? That's the no, you're talking about the OC is, is Kirk's yeah. son. Yeah. I heard there's a stipulation in his contract where to be paid more money, they have to score 25 points a game. Have you heard that? 
the, the AD put it in place because of all the nepotism that's happening in the world that no one calls out. Iowa, good old boy state, uh, nepotism laws and, and human resource laws and employment laws um, had to put a stipulation in there so that he didn't get sued or face backlash from the community because of how bad their fucking offense is. So that is why they put it in. The dad did it really to put it in to say, okay, I'm the dad here and I'm fair, which really you're not. I'm going to put this stipulation in. So to back off the haters kind of. But but this is interesting to me as a gambler because I'm looking at it and saying, this game on paper, rainy, good defense. It looks like a 17-10 type of game. But then I look at it and I say, well, hold on. They're going to push to score as many points as they can, regardless of what I think. They have a better quarterback than they've had in years past. And one thing we know about James Franklin, because I bet on them all three games so far this season, he no matter what the score is, is going to try to score again. Last week, it almost cost him a cover because that motherfucker kept trying to score, and it turned into a quick three and outs, and Illinois was getting the ball back. So here, 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 of- let me ask you this real quick before I ask you about these last two games before the NFL. How much betting – how much advice would you give somebody when you start to, to bet on teams that have to score points to – to impress the committee on win-loss differentials now that it is a thing in the BCS and the college football playoff. I got to score points and beat teams bad. Like, USC has to try to score 70 to, to, to move up in the rankings and have an ability to get in the playoff, right? And in this type of year, the Georgia Bulldogs, all they have to do is win. Because there's they're never not going to be a top-four team unless they lose a game or two, like, which isn't going to happen. So all they have to do is win. And in your case, you're 100% right. If you're Washington, if you're Notre Dame, if you're Texas, if you're any of these teams, you got to score as many points as possible. And Franklin knows that. I have a list in college basketball and college football of coaches that have come out and said, essentially, in college basketball, there are, there are certain Ken Palm ratings. There's a, 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 a something in there that gives you a higher score if you score points. So the goal is we're going to win by as much as possible. That's why it's hard to bet unders in college football anymore. This is a prime example. You have two coaches, you have two offenses that Penn State needs to score points. And Iowa, it's in the fucking contract. We need to score because we love our coach and we want him to get paid. So, yeah, you have to put that into account. That's why it's hard to bet unders. That's why I'm only betting unders, guys, with Eastern Michigan, UMass. You know, Jacksonville State, teams that can't, they're not going to win the East Carolina. They're they're not going to win the national title. And they're just not good on offense. They don't good quarterback play. That's where I'm betting unders. I'm not betting unders with decent or very good power five teams. I'm just not doing it. How many bets on average do you typically make? I'm just curious. On a Saturday, three to six, maybe. Okay. All right. All right, three to six. Three I mean, it's three. not – like, tonight I have two games. Like, I I, I think it, it it wavers. I mean, there would be nights on a Friday where there's four games and I don't like anything. For me, I think as a gambler and anyone that I think just uses this one piece of information, one of the things that bothers me as I get older are fans because I don't – you can't bet as a fan. Like, I just don't you, – you, you have a mind where you just can't do it. For me, if the Eagle – like, this week – I don't think the Eagles are in a good spot. I like the Bucs. It doesn't matter that I'm – I don't care about fandom. I care about money. You also have to realize 
just because a game is on TV doesn't mean you have to bet it. And a lot of amateurs, they make that mistake of they just bet shit to bet, right? I relate it to poker. If you know how to play poker, amateurs see aces when they get in a text hold and they see aces. It doesn't matter what happens. They get into this trance that I have to win with aces. It's the best hand and I can't lose. No, no. There's a lot of hands that will beat you. And you get in a trance that you're going to win because you have aces. Just because the game's on TV doesn't mean you have to bet it. And so many people. See, I don't look to these big games. I don't bet these big games. I'm looking to where people aren't looking. You know, that's so you're that's, not betting. So you're not betting the game of the weekend. Ohio yeah. State, Notre Dame. You're not. Betting I couldn't that. give a shit. Well, no, I will say I actually think Ohio State's a great play this week. But no, generally I'm looking at, you know, one of my favorite bets last week, UMass plus seven and a half against Eastern Michigan. Probably the worst game in a card. But I'm getting a team who should never be a favorite in Eastern Michigan. They don't cover as a favorite. I have trends to back it up with the coach they have. And I have a UMass team that's better than they've been in years past. Dom Brown's a decent coach. They're not a good team. They're not going to win seven, eight games. But they're not and shouldn't be a seven and a half point underdog. That's the kind of games I'm looking at. I don't care if it's a cockroach. I got to ask you a couple of the games that I'm interested in hearing you about. I think another upset alert game, even though I think they will not get upset, but this has been a historical take with this franchise organization and team. I love Sark to death, longtime friend. Baylor and Texas are still Texas rivals, still the same recruits, still recruited the same kids. They're going to talk shit. Colorado, Colorado State style game. Baylor, Texas minus 14 and a half. I, I think it could be a lot closer than people think. The Wyoming gave Texas all they could handle for fucking three and a half quarters. Um, and I think this is a game, again, like Florida State. Okay, we got away with one last week. Now Texas either blows Baylor out or it's a fucking tight nitty game. Are you worried at all about this game or is Baylor just done with this year? Well, I think I think you make a really good point because – you look at Texas, they also have Kansas and Oklahoma on deck. Look, years ago, Kansas wouldn't mean anything. Kansas is a good football team. And we know Oklahoma is a good football team. This is a Baylor team who doesn't have their starting quarterback. You're right. It's kind of low expectations in Waco. We hear the coach has issues. Defense isn't great. I still, though, look back and say to myself, how did you give up 42 points? You should never give up 42 points at Texas State. You shouldn't. No matter who the coach, quarterback, whoever is. just shouldn't happen if you're Baylor. For me, I'd look at it similar, but not totally. I don't want to play the point spread here. There's one entity that I know will work. It's Texas's offense against Baylor's defense. I don't think Baylor's good on defense. Could they maybe score 21 and stay in this game? Possibly. But I know Texas is going to get into the 30s here. It's just what they do. I think Baylor's not good on defense. I would look at like a team total here. But I hear your point. I just think Texas is here and Baylor's here. And with the backup quarterback, who has not been real good, if it were Blake Shapin, I'd probably agree, probably. But I can't get involved to decide. All right, Smitty, let's get into the brass tacks here, the Ohio State game, before the NFL picks real quick. We got about 15 minutes. Where, where are we at, Ohio State, Notre Dame? Uh, it's the big one. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hot take real quick first. I've heard Steve Kim and a few other people tweeted out some things. Steve Kim's coming over tomorrow to watch the game with me. This is a game-breaking opportunity for a career catapult with Coach Freeman. I disagree. 
I think it's a bigger game and statement for Coach Day. Because if they lose, this is the spiral that's going to put Day out of business and put him out of Ohio State. And that's the truth because that's only going to mean to me that Michigan's going to wax that ass again and Penn State may get you too. Ohio State losing three games this year, I think Day is hot. Seed is hotter than hot. And that's just my take. I think Day has to win this game to show the naysayers out here that we're still the dominant Midwest force. And you ain't going to get over the hump. I think Freeman wins. There's no pressure. I can win or lose this game. It's year two for me. Day, though, I think it's make or break. That's a good-ass point. See, this is why I think, you know, Coach offers a really interesting look in the games. I think he's 100% right. And also, what do we know? They have a quarterback there in McCord who quietly has a top-10 QBR. It's only thrown one interception. And they have fucking destroyed every team they played. I watched the whole game last week against West Kentucky. I had the over, and it was over at halftime. This I, offense, don't know. I thought Indiana played them. You game, I was saying you game was tight. Now don't don't let the score, won, the score fool you. They still won by twenty points. Regardless, yeah, yeah twenty one three or something. Right, but but again, McCord has been very solid. This is his game to prove this is my football team. I've got weapons. Look, I'll just say this. I mentioned the line again. Okay, as good as Notre Dame's been, 4-0, they got Sam Hartman, they're at home, and they're a three-and-a-half-point dog? Mm. That tells you all you need to know. Notre Dame's going to lose by 10-plus here. That's how I look at this game. Because yeah. I think Ohio State is better on both sides. They have better players. I like Hartman. Don't get me wrong. Hartman's a like, bad boy now. Like, Notre Dame is better at the most important position. That's why I look at it. See, I'm not look, Kyle McCord, you're not giving enough He's a the kid's good. <laughs> and he, and they have way better talent at the receiver position yeah. than arguably anyone. It matters who you place, Jeff. I still am a believer as a coach. It matters who you play. I've hung up 50. Who was Notre Dame played? My quarterback looked great. Tennessee State play he a real a team shit. and my quarterback looks shitty. He did who not they played? Indiana, another power five team in the conference. Indiana's a mid to low mid-tier power five team. They did not look great. And then the other two teams Ohio State's played have been absolute garbage. Notre Dame's at least been battle-tested on the road versus a very, very good NC State defensive line, NFL guys all over. Notre Dame went in there and handled that team, uh, arguably better than any team Ohio State's faced. Hartman looks as good as I've ever said. I, I got him as my number one NFL-ready quarterback. That's not changed. I think Ohio State comes in here and gets actually dying. Sam Hartman is a terrific quarterback. I think he's probably second in the Heisman rankings right now. But at every other position, to me, plus your – I just – I don't look at Notre Dame. Look, Navy sucks. Tennessee State, who gives a shit? NC State, we know, Coach, they're a middling ACC team every year. Neither team's really played much of anybody. Right? They're like Oklahoma. I'm not sold on Oklahoma, Jeff. Yeah. They played fucking no one. They played Cincinnati this week. When are they going to play a goddamn Power 5 team? The only thing that matters – well, oh, Cincinnati – you fucking – who else are they playing? Keep in mind, Cincinnati is a power five team now, but um, yeah, either way. No, but I, I get what you guys are saying. The thing for me is I just look at the number. If we believe in Hartman so much, bookmakers don't. They don't believe in him at all because he's a home it's dog a here. Thing. It's a sex appeal thing too. Caleb Williams is more sexy. So is Drake May. So is fucking Penix. Yeah. So is, you know what I mean? It's a sex appeal thing. Plus, this is year one at Notre Dame versus a Penix at year two or Caleb at year two. 
and that's another deterrent in the betting world. I know for a fact, just from Brandon Lang and shit, like when there's guys that have been stable for some places, mm -hmm. is that a true statement from you? Or do you think that agree? Do you agree to that? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think the one good thing about not playing anybody, like you're going to beat West Kentucky and you're probably going to score 60 doing it. You're already look, they've, they've been playing it for Hartman. They've watched these games. They get it. You're right though. This is a legacy thing for Mr. Day. It's a huge game for him because again, they've not been good in stepping up the last year or two. They've lost to Michigan. That, that, that's been the big one. I agree to me. They're not being respected and they don't believe in Notre Dame. And I don't either. Give me Ohio State. Hey, man, I'm calling it right now. Notre Dame is winning this game in South Bend. It's going to be a crazy environment. They are getting the dub against Ohio State. Hey, Joe Court is such a homer. Joe Court thinks Oklahoma's the best and the Minnesota Vikings. They, he thinks Oklahoma should play the fucking Vikings in the Super Bowl this year. All right, let's go. <laughs> hey, real quick. NFL. We got about 10 can, minutes. Um, can I just yeah. throw one, one thing out real quick? Yeah. Real small game on the card, but this is an awful spot. I like Wyoming, minus two and a half against App State. This is why. Do you know where Appalachian State is, Darnell? Mountains. Hour yeah. drive from the airport. It's in Boone, North Carolina. Never heard of it. Very remote area, okay? You've got to go on a plane, and you're not going to Colorado. You're not going to L.A. You're not going to Tempe. You're going to Laramie. You know where Laramie is? It's in Wyoming. It is also very remote, and you cannot fly directly into Laramie, as far as I know. You've got to fly about a half hour away and drive there. It is an elevation. It is one of the highest stadiums in America, and it's a very tough thing to do, especially for a team full of kids who have probably and likely never been past Arkansas in their career. That elevation hits mm. you in a different way. They don't go there very often. Don't let people tell you, like the Denver Nuggets, People that play the Denver Nuggets don't give a fuck about elevation. That's pro players. But kids that are 18 and 19 that have never played in elevation, that's hard to do. This is a tough spot. And this is a bad scheduling spot. It's kind of month into the season. You played some tough games. Now you got to go out to Wyoming. I think Wyoming takes care of business here. This is I'm gonna, a tough I'm gonna game. I'm gonna, I got a rebuttal for you before we go to the NFL because I'm glad you brought this game up. I know both head coaches, really good friends of mine, great coaches. Here's the thing. In the transfer portal era – can't say anyone's not past Arkansas anymore. Half of his team's from the West Coast. So, number one. Number two, I want to let you know some clarity. Boone, North Carolina is an almost a two-hour flight and drive. So, you got to drive. You got to fly in. You got to drive to Boone, North Carolina for all their players' recruiting visits, all their players going in into town and getting some fucking movies or some type of nightlife. They drive back to Boone, North Carolina. Laramie, Wyoming is just another Boone, North Carolina to them. I don't right. affect them whatsoever. Why, Wyoming? But again, you're missing the point. Same you're missing thing. the point. Have you ever travel to a fucking hick town? The other one's driving to a hick town. It don't matter. They're both going to fucking hick town. I think Appalachian State drubs Wyoming this week, to your point, for the fact that they busted their nut last week against Texas. And they're like, you, oh, you know. I love, oh, and now North Carolina App State, who should have beat North Carolina, is going to go into Wyoming and whip the shit out of Wyoming. Do you have any idea how high above sea level at Laramie is? Yeah, don't matter. How we much? Get, we get deep right now. We're talking about sea guess. level. and Just ask. Uh, 6,500. 7,200 feet. 
Yeah. That's the difference here. It doesn't matter where, what kind of towns they are. That's the difference. Then the, then the Broncos should be two and zero. Let me ask you: In your career, you've played a lot of football. Did you ever go to Wyoming? Yes, no, I played didn't. there, and we played in uh, Shadron, North. I mean, Colorado. And how Colorado. was it? Adam and how State, was it? I believe it's one of the highest elevated states. Colorado's, um, um, what is? It? I think it's Colorado. What the fuck? Gunnison, Colorado. Is the highest elevated football stadium in the planet Earth. That was a Division II school that was in the RMAC conference back in the day. We had to go play there. And how'd you I feel? Gunnison is, I think, what, 13 fucking thousand? Um, look it up. I don't know. But Gunnison, one of those, one of those schools, it's either Adam State or Colorado's fucking not school of mines. It's another the red school. Fuck, I forgot. Um, it's you know what, Jeff? I'm gonna be honest. To me, it's a little overrated, man. A little, a little overrated. You know why? Because the flight, there's a reason you take the bladder air out of a helmet. Because they'll blow up in an airplane. They blow up. You'll have no helmets to play. They have to fly 35,000 feet, Jeff. It is well, over. Know, I'm looking at this App State roster, and you know what I'm seeing? A lot of Georgia, a lot of NC, yeah, you a lot of, South, a lot of yeah. Florida. I'm just saying, hey, that's going to hit you different. You can debate this. I want to bet Jeff personally on this one because I love his take. I think App State rolls Wyoming. He's going Wyoming because of the travel. I'm going to prove to the world that the travel don't mean shit. They're both from redneck fucking backwood towns, and they're going to be the same fucking deal. Let's go to the NFL. We only got five minutes, Jeff. I got to get some NFL key games. Let's just go some key games here because we're going to dive into it deep on Sunday. If you don't watch Jeff Cook on Sundays on Last Chance Q, we get a four or five hundred people in there on Sundays without any promotion. We we appreciate you guys. We're gonna try to uh, blow this show up on Last Chance Q as well. Um, I gotta ask you one game that's intriguing. There's a few, but I gotta ask you right out the gate: the battle of horrible quarterback play. Titans Browns in Cleveland minus three and a half. Cleveland's getting. Um, do you see Deshaun uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Deshaun Watson gonna get it done or no? No, uh, as. Coach, this has been a hot topic the last couple of weeks because I voiced my issues with Ryan Tannehill, okay? In week one, it fucking annoyed me, but they covered. And guess what Ryan Tannehill did? Followed it up last week with quite a good performance against the LA Chargers. 83% completion, 250 yards and a touchdown. Bang, boom, bada bing. Now you get the Browns, okay? Now I know that's a good defense, but you talked about it. Deshaun Watson... Some of the issues with him that are starting to creep up. Okay. Titans. I've talked about this. Mike Vrabel is the best coach in the NFL as an underdog. They've been an underdog first two weeks. You know, listen, if you're going to give me points with, with Mr. Tannehill and, and, and with uh, Vrabel, if covered as an underdog first two weeks, I think they make it a third. The NFL, it's all about the number. Three and a half. You give me three and a hook. Good. I'm in. Give me Vrabel. I like that. I like that. Western State College, that's who a uh, team I was talking about in Gunnison. They play at about 8,000 square uh, feet. Um, all right, so let me let me get into this game. It's very intriguing. Might be the most intriguing one on the lineup. Uh, Falcons-Lions at Ford Field. I I, I like the, the Falcons. I got them winning the South. Um, quarterback play scares me. Detroit can score 40 at any given night, and then they can shit the bed any given night. So who you got in the Falcons-Lions? Detroit minus three. Well, you make a good point with, with Detroit because I think even in the end, I mean, let me ask you, do you really 
really believe in Jared Goff. Really. Not in big believe? games. Just like Cousins. Right. Like, believe? yeah, do you really believe in him? And whenever the Falcons play, I look, can you stop the run? It's very rudimentary. Can you stop the run? Because I don't believe in Ritter either. Right. Exactly. Bijan Robinson's the truth. I mean, he's electric. He's a monster, yeah. Now, you look at Detroit, 11th in the NFL in yards per rush attempt defensively. They've been pretty good against the run. They're not good against the pass. For me, whenever I'd play Desmond Ritter, I'd stack the box. Like That's what I do. And Dan Campbell's a smart guy. He knows that. The Falcons are inept at throwing the football. They just are. So, for me, you got to keep up in those games. You got a Lions team at home here who we all of a sudden against bad teams are willing to lay a couple of points with them. I like the Lions here because they're not dumb enough. Just stack the box. Ritter can't beat you. It's pretty simple. Goss better. I don't think they can keep up. I don't like favorites much in the NFL. This is probably one I would lay. How about uh, let's go a few more. The big one, obviously, is the Belichick never starting 0-3. The Mormon Milf Hunter getting off the side. Patriots, Jets, uh, minus two and a half New England in New England, um, 74 degrees. All right, New York, sorry. Uh, 74 degrees in New Jersey and East Rutherford this the, weekend. One note, the Patriots has won, I think, the last 14 times, if I'm not mistaken, against the Jets. If I'm, I think I, see, I saw that stat. So very interesting, man. What you got, though, Jeff? You know, it's interesting. These two teams uh, obviously play twice a year. Played last year and in November. You know what the score was in that game? What? 10-3. So you ask yourself, what are the differences this year? Nothing, really. There's no Aaron Rodgers, which they didn't have last year. They still have Zach Wilson. They don't have much on offense, and they have a good defense. New England, they're pretty much the same too, right? Good defense, same coach. This total is 36 and a half. It was 10-3 last year, and I'm not saying it will be that this year. I have a hard time seeing these teams combine for, let's say, 40 points. It's just, there's not a lot, there's no pace, really. It's just, this would have been a good matchup three weeks ago, but unfortunately, it's not. So, for me, I I think this is first to 17 wins. I'm going to go under the total if I had to play it, but I'm likely not going to play it. Uh, Jeff, real quick, we got a couple minutes. I want to get a couple games for the fans out here. my upset pick of the week is the Broncos beating the Dolphins. Uh, how crazy am I? And break that down. I don't think you're crazy. I, I think, you know, you, I think you unfairly target Russell Wilson. Uh, bit of a weirdo, surely. Well, I like Russell Wilson. I've been defending, I've been defending him forever. I think he's fucking, I thought he was top 10 quarterback for a long time. Um, I, I just think that now he's gone over the hump with, with the whole fucking uh, celebrity status and turned weird. That's all. Yeah, no, I, I get you. Um, I just – I feel like last week, look, I, I know they had to come back in the game. I think at long term he's going to be good with Sean Payton. That, that's one thing we can agree with, right? It, it's almost like the first game we talked about, right, or, or the Lions game. If you can't score – it's going to be hard to stick with the Dolphins, man. You just, they're so good on offense. I tried fading them last week. I thought that was a good spot for uh, the Patriots. They just couldn't keep up. And sometimes when you can't keep up against a good football team, they're going to push in the dust. That's why college is beneficial a lot of the time. Let me, before you give the rest of the take, yeah. I gotta, I'm going to give you the coaching spot so you can be better educated, or not that you're not already, yeah. but I like Sertan's 
blanketing one of these wideouts. And I, I think Tua holds the ball too long when his first read gets cloudy. And if you take away one of those main burners, which Sertan, in my opinion, is the best corner in football, will do. I think Tua is going to struggle a little bit longer and harder than he has in the first few weeks, where even though we've seen a lot of big yardage because of Yak, yards after completion, we've also seen him be very, very inaccurate in mediocre and intermediate route concepts. I think he struggles versus a Denver defense and a better playing offense in Denver. And you can see it, even though they choked that 21-3 off last week, their offense is better under Sean Payton. So I think it's something to think about i would like to see this number get to seven and if i can get a full seven with the denver Broncos, here's what i don't want to do if denver's laying points i'm not real interested because i don't think they're a real good football team but when you're getting a touchdown in a good spot that's where i want to take denver because i agree with coach they do have quality corners they're always a quality defensive team and it's possible and it's actually surely that miami's not going to continue this pace all season right and if anybody's going to kind of put a, a chink in the armor, it's it's Sean Payton in Denver. I'd like to see a seven here because I don't want to be sitting on an island where I have six and a half. I want to get at least a seven. That way in a you know, 28-21 game, I at least get my money back. Uh, I agree with Coach, though. If I had to play this, I'm going Denver. Yeah. Let me ask you two more games before we get out of here. I know Smitty has something to ask you. Uh, Chargers, Vikings, 2-0-2 two two teams mm. that basically both guys got to win there. Quarterbacks. A lot coach. of pressure on that one. Yeah, yeah. Smitty thinks that – Smitty and I think that if, if the Chargers lose this one, Staley may not get on the airplane, um, I, I, rightfully so. But I want you to touch on that game, which is big for both quarterbacks, both players, both teams. And then I think the commanders actually are in a great upset spot with the Bills. And that, 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 real quick, that's what my upset was going to be. I was going to I was going to say that next. I got the I got the commanders upsetting the Bills this week. But go ahead. This Jeff. is this is why the L.A. Chargers are just a they're dopey. Like they're a dopey team. Like they, they don't see the bigger picture. They don't have the ability to say, you know what? I'm sick of being embarrassed. We're going to make a stand here. That's we're the head coach of the line, bro. He's a fucking bookworm. Right. We're going to fire our coach, and we're going to make a fucking statement here. And we're going to light a fire under our fucking team. That's what we're going to do. But no, they don't. They allow Brandon Staley, who we know can't coach, and we see that from thousands of miles away. Gorjan Nikovsky, who's from fucking Macedonia, can see that. But we they can't see it. The, the fucking team that employs this individual. I like what I've seen offensively from the Vikings, okay? And we know that the LA Chargers in a game in a flip situation, they're inept, they're doplic, and they're not capable of winning these games. Throw in the fact that guess who's desperate? The Minnesota Vikings, who, let's be honest, Played some good football teams. I mean, Tampa's better than people think defensively. They just are. And the Eagles are legit. I didn't think the Vikings were that bad on offense. They had some bad turnovers. The goal is you just can't turn the ball over your cousins. You're at home. It's desperate. I just think the Chargers are an inept football team. They're not good defensively. I, I cannot bet them in this type of situation. Give me Minnesota. I love the passion behind your voice, man. I love this Darnell. Thank you. And a lot of people, a lot of square gamblers are going to look at this and say, Chargers can't go 3-0 and or 0-3. And it said, and I'm going to say, yeah, they can because they never win these type of games, ever. 
Yeah, I gotta go with Jay Herbo, man. I, you, you right. Reason why I can't gamble because I go with my heart. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. They got so much damn talent on that field. I get Staley. You know, he, he doesn't seem like he's the best coach in the world. I, from what I hear, he's smart as hell. But we all know smart is not the only thing that equals good coach. There's a lot of. See, but that's the thing. Him. You're still buying into little pieces of them. They're not, They're not capable. The whole team they could have won the first two games. Like they're only two. We see the record, but like both games were right there with the overtime in, in one. Other like both games went out to the wire in five minutes. It's possible I might get a knock on the door, and Kim Kardashian might be there saying, "Come fuck me," but she's probably not. That ain't, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen, have, bro. I don't, that's, I don't know. Joe, that's Joe happen. blinders are all time high. Um, he's well, just that's not fucking well, that's normal. Um. The hey, Bears so, are playing the Vikings. Everything you said about the Chargers didn't say anything about the fucking Vikings, too. You believe in Kirk Cousins right now? The guy who doesn't win big games? This is the what? biggest game of his life right now, and they're going to lose this one, too. But, but remember, who's the favorite in this game? The Vikings. So they're less the, – the Chargers are, are very inept. The Vikings are kind of inept. So I'll take hey, that. Yeah, Jeff, real quick, though, uh, I know we'll talk Sunday more, but there's some interesting games. I got to just question without talking about a game. I got a question for you. How I'm going to tell you. Well, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I fucking hate two games on Monday night. It's the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, an hour in between games starts. I can't watch them both because they're, you know what I mean? It, it, just, it makes no sense to me. Why are we doing it again? Eagles, Bucks, Rams, Bengals. I mean, two good game possibilities, and we're fucking going to watch them both half-ass. Like, it's what half-ass. I think- what I, I think should have marketing ploy, but it's working, I guess. I think what I think they should have did here is instead of having the Bengals game on Monday night, that should have been 425 on Sunday. And you put, let's just say Bears Chiefs, because you have Mahomes. It's a West Coast game, kind of. It's more West Coast. I I mean it's Midwest, but either way, you could you could have staggered it to like nine o'clock instead of eight o'clock. You right? know what I you know what I would propose, to be honest, if I was Goodell, number one, play football again on pads. But number two, I would I would propose um you take that second Monday night game and you play it Saturday night early. Cause you're gonna evolve it to Saturday during the playoffs anyway. Listen. College football make a lot of money. I'm thinking they're going to have a problem with that, Coach. Yeah, but but Saturday night college football games, other than one game a week, maybe Alabama at night on occasion. Or are Colorado. All You're going to get Hawaii, bro. Hawaii at 9 p.m. Who's the fuck's going to watch Hawaii over the goddamn Bengals Rams? Mm-hmm. And you're going to move to Saturday night anyway during the BCS playoffs. College NFL wild cards are going to be on Saturdays. I mean, I so, wouldn't have a problem with it. I mean, but I, the I NFL moving it to a Saturday night now instead of two Monday night games. Fuck. That's the NFL for you. I don't like the double Monday night game either. Because right now, though, we, like it, the weather's still kind of good around around most of Earth, most of America. Saturday night, people ain't watching them games right now. Now in the winter, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah people chilling. It's cold outside. Everybody's in the house right now. They ain't showing on Saturday. I'm gonna hey, be out. Yeah, we're gonna be outside on Saturday night. The NFL so got college football right now, heavily right now too. Middle of the season, you don't want to. I'm just gonna say it. I, just before we go here, and I'll I'll say this to the day I die. If you are a grown man and you're picking watching football over possibly hanging out with women, I can't I can't deal with you. Hey, hold on, though, yeah. Jeff. Real quick, we ended like I don't this. give a fuck about football. It'll happen regardless. 
Let me ask, let me let me ask you this. That's why I'm me and you're you. Let me ask you this though. In my way is right. Number, I got two part question. Number one, the majority are probably 45 to 50s like me who will bring a broad to the house at a cigar lounge and watch a Saturday night football game, and the market would probably climb through the roof. And B, the second part of it is even you with a broad is going to a sports bar and watching a fucking game on a Saturday night. So no, I think the NFL would blossom. And let me ask you something, Smitty, to Smitty's point. The NFL sold out Vegas for a flag football all-star game. Shut up. They're going to sell anything they do. Timing matters, though, JB. Timing matters. You're going to play a a football game on the Saturday at Notre Dame in Ohio State about to take off, and you got Colorado up. You don't want to do that. Wait till December when it's bowl bowl game and there's a time frame where there's no fucking games going on. That's why they do that. That's what they do. It makes sense, baby. Come That's on. what they do. That business, for. baby, it's business. Pound that like button, subscribe. I gotta go. I don't know what they doing. I got a job to do after this. I don't know what they got going on. Hey, man. go get go get all your tweets ready to go for Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy because I'm taking Daniel Jones still. Or other, I don't give a fuck what Jeff Nadu says. I'm taking Daniel Jones and Big Smitty. Get out of here, Big Smitty. I got some beef to pick with Jeff for one minute. Um, Miss Lisa Asherman, I cuss all the time. I got a minute. Go. I got a minute. Go. Go. Oh, by the hey, way, Coach. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Hey, I'm going to How about this? Coach proven wrong yet again. Daniel Jones looked great last night again. Get the hell hold out on, of here. Let's, that's the discussion that's going to be an hour. I have Shut to up, do this. Man. Uh-oh. Card your ass out, JB. Card your ass out. Another bum-ass loss by the bum-ass hey, Jeff, guy. Hold on, Jeff. Fuck out so of here. The, hey, give me another team in the NFL. All right. That has played the top two defenses in the NFL. Doesn't Traveled matter. He's a fucking loser. Games, 14 days. Put Brock Purdy on the New York Giants, Jeff. Shut the hell up. Put and Brock, Brock Purdy's, guess what? Killing shit. Fuck out of here. Fucking horrible. Brock Purdy's shitty. But you didn't call, hey, you didn't call Purdy a top 10 car. You called motherfucker Daniel Jones like a top 10, top 10 I think top 10 quarterback in the league. They move on top 10 quarterback. And I told you that. And Jeff told you that. This is the Lamar Jackson name. This is the same guy that said, honestly, on a public forum, a guy who's on the best team in the NFL at Dallas Cowboys, that Dakota Prescott was not better than Daniel Jones. Get the fuck out of here. I don't give a shit who's on the team. It's who who's on the team. And he's got a team, and he's good, and he fucking moves the ball. Daniel Jones stinks. It doesn't matter who's on the fucking team. Fuck out of here. I love you guys. Vinny, you gotta go. Jeff, I'll see you Sunday. That's you a slap dick when it comes to I'm Daniel Jones. I'll see you Sunday, Jeff. Uh, I can't wait. I'm gonna get Sean Salisbury to fuck it. Did you know this though, big Jeff? Did you know that was this fucker's name? No. The Kalen? I actually like that name. How about this name? <laughs> JB, we gotta go, man. He going Tom to Sherman Smith Schuster sounds like a serial killer. How about that name? <laughs> Tyshawn Raquan Samuel. How about that name? C. Darian Lamb. Weird looking guy. Hey, much love. Everybody pound the like button. We'll see you Monday. We'll see you Sunday for Last Chance Q. And everybody out there, stay safe. And uh, appreciate you. Ethan. uh, Ethan, I'll do it. Fuck it. Ethan's asleep. Ethan's laughing in the chat back here. Uh, Much love. I'll see you guys later. Peace. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed, and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.